In recent months, Julia has come in for some amount of uh, criticism or comments from directors she has had, Steven Spielberg being one. How, how did you find her in the director-actress relationship? I'm happy to talk about that. Before I do, I'd like to say uh, that when I started working with her, I got a message through a mutual friend from Gary Marshall, who directed her in her most successful film, Pretty Woman, who said, congratulations, you're very lucky to be working with Julia Roberts. And I came out of it uh, in total agreement with him. I've never had an actress there expose herself to give whatever she had to offer a film in terms of her own emotions, whether they be painful or happy ones. Beyond that, beyond her own performance, and I, uh, you know, I have worked with some of the best actresses in the world. I mean, I started out my first picture as a director with, with Liza Minnelli in The Sterile Cuckoo, and she got an Academy nomination, and my second, Julia, uh, Jane Fonda, got an Academy Award for Cluton. I worked, of course, with Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, and, and I've never seen an actress more dedicated to truth and the work and more committed than Julia is. So I would say uh, if I had a chance to direct Julia Roberts again, I would do it, I would do it before you could say Jack Roberts, and I'd say yes. Welcome back to Rotten Rewind, a podcast that uncovers the movies the critics didn't want you to see. If a film fails to score above the 60% threshold on Rotten Tomatoes, the CIA kidnaps us, <laughs> they tape our eyelids open, and they force us to watch them. I'm Max Rue. And I'm Courtney Peranto. This week's amateur misfire. Amateur? Whoa. <laughs> Wait, whoa, God, I'm so out of it. I'm drinking God. hot tea on a 90 degree day. I'm not doing good. That doesn't mean you don't know how to read. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Courtney Peranto. This week's our tour misfires. We are revisiting the ancient concept of the blockbusters aimed at adults, movie stars, and the paranoid thriller. First up, it's Alan J. Is it Pakula's? You went to film school? I, we don't study. <laughs> come on. We come didn't on. talk we about watched. Pakula. <laughs> we didn't talk about <laughs> Alan J. Pakula's <laughs> The Pelican Brief, starring Julia Roberts with, like I think, like her most iconic hairstyle and Dendal Washington, mm -hmm. followed by Richard Donner's Conspiracy Theory, starring Mel Gibson <laughs> and a different haircut for Julia. A not so good haircut. Better with it's it's a more serious haircut. Like I feel like every actress from this era had to like at some point cut their hair off if they wanted to like be taken seriously. I don't know. Well, joining us for our uh, They Knew, this is a They Knew double feature, uh, is a very talented writer and actor, Morgan Phillips. Thank you for coming back. It's been too long. It's a pleasure. When was the last time you were here? It was uh, It was a good one. Triple X and Shooter. Yeah. Wow. It's been fucking almost It's been a really years. long time. Another, Shooter kind of has some parallels to these movies. Oh, that's true. Shooters, like, there's a cover-up, but we're not going to, like, do all the bureaucratic running around, like, trying to uncover the truth. It's like, let's just kill him to yeah. start shooting. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Why You wanted to do the Pelican Brief, I believe, right? Sick. Listen, I, I love Denzel, so any opportunity to talk about him in a public forum, I'm there. The Pelican Brief was, like, really indelible, too. I, I, I think it was, like, a movie that my parents, like, let me watch when I was too young. It's it's It was a peak, the John Grisham effect. We got, this was the same year as The Firm, so we get The Firm. The Firm rips, right? Firm is great. Great it's fucking like The movie. Firm is, like, what I think, I think that Don't Worry Darling kind of wants to be, like, a part Valley of the Dolls and part the firm and it is just shitty. When I was watching the preview the first time um, and I was like more open hearted, I thought, oh, maybe it's kind of like the firm. And then I saw it and I was like, this is nothing like no, it's firm. not. It's like, okay, but doesn't, doesn't Pelican Brief kind of rip? 
Oh, Pelican Reef rips. Yeah. It made me scared of, um, I didn't understand how unimportant me and my family are. <laughs> I was going to say were, but we're still unimportant. Oh yeah. But it, this is like, one of your it biggest made me, fears. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Max, it, was this, it made know. me so scared that like we would turn, like turn the engine and the car would blow up. Like I was, I would make my parents get in the car and start it first. And then I would get in. How for, many like, enemies so, does your so family the, have? So the, the, her dad is None. My parents teacher. were like school teachers. <laughs> and like my dad was like a literally a, like a child's performer, like a clown and a ventriloquist. Like, <laughs> so I'd be like putting a bomb in your car. I got a lot of enemies. Yeah, just like go start the car so, so that you stupid. could have the traumatizing memory of witnessing your parents explode in a car. Whatever, um, I'd be alive. You know, I'd probably get some sick scholarship or something. I don't know. I don't think you get scholarships because <laughs> you saw your parents die in a car explosion. Someone would give me one though, right? <laughs> Yeah, the firm is the same year as this, and then um, the client. Have you seen the client with Tommy Lee Jones, the Joel Schumacher movie? No, no, it's pretty good. It's a very sweaty, deep South courtroom drama with Tommy Lee Jones, Susan Sarandon, and uh, Brad Renfro. Little Brad Renfro. Oh, I can Love. picture the um, poster. Poster. All yeah. the posters kind of look the same. It's usually like they a do. couple of. It's just like the floating heads. They're all looking in different directions. Yeah. And there's like a crime scene at the bottom. The um, Pelican Brief has its own vibe, though, of a of a poster because yeah. it's like them working together. Morgan, did you see the Pelican Brief when you were a kid? Yeah, I think I watched this movie during COVID um, okay. and then revisited because I'd forgotten about Stanley Tucci's like changing <laughs> accents. This, by the way, my favorite version of him is the Freddie Mercury look when he's in the gay porno theater yeah. with the yes. mustache. Yes. I was like, yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. fantastic. He's kind of hot right yeah he's also uh, jacked he looks great at yeah this. we'll get to tucci in my opinion not enough tucci in that movie i think Agreed. they should have kept tucci yeah the end. that's your villain that's your guy right there yeah they fucked I, up. I i i agree with that that's but the guy that's the fucking guy not tony goldwin <laughs> hey don't shit on tony goldwin <laughs> no i look right? tony goldwin has just been like quietly playing like bureaucratic like side guys in these movies well he was quietly like, playing it until years. he loudly got to play it on scandal as the president well i haven't seen scandal that's right. i feel bad for you i did scandal watch just, just the girls earlier this year where he's okay. one of the villains in it him and, and uh carrie ellis he's the bad guy in ghost too right the patrick swayze movie yeah, I think there's Tony a villain in Ghost. I've never seen. I Ghost. think so. I, I mean, he's like a villain. super nepo baby. Like he's like a gold, like Metro Golden, like MGM Goldwyn, right? Oh, is he? That, that makes sense. I'm pretty sure he's also hot as fuck. Right. I mean, like, and, like he is a leading man. He's like the hottest. Like I'm handsome. Yeah, he's sexy. I've got a lot of money. I bet he doesn't eat pussy, but. I, John, I think the other big Grisham movie this decade, because the 90s were obviously huge for it, was was A Time to Kill. Right. With, with I, I just kind of felt like all these movies were going to be automatic hits, like just straight studio system, find the person they, to adapt yeah, or write the script. They up before they even came out. They were like, get the rights. That's a hit. These movies are like comfort food for me. I mean, they're so easily digestible. I, I do love that. I feel like that podcast, The Rewatchables, is really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point because they just did an episode on A Time to Kill. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to imagine Bill Simmons being like, all right, all right, most rewatchable scene fucking uh they right, drag right. the black girl right. from the back of their truck uh <laughs> i'm like how is that a rewatchable movie right <laughs> and coppola it, did the rainmaker low-key good coppola movie oh in terms of connective tissue between these two movies yeah. julia's dad is dead in both of them oh that's right. so she's like super available very much so <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> if you have a dead dad you are on the market <laughs> Every, there's 90% of Hinge profiles are just, I have a dead dad. I love the names of all these Grisham novels too. They're just like- I was going to say the Pelican Brief is kind of a lame name. 
Really? I mean, they're, they're all kind of, that's probably the most creative. I mean, otherwise yeah, it's, it's the most like creative, but the like... firm, the chamber, the runaway jury, the gingerbread man. Well, the president calls it the, the bird brief. You talk about the bird yeah. brief. I love how stupid this guy is in the, the movie. President? Yeah, yeah. The president? Yeah. Let's, let's jump into the pelican brief. From the best-selling thriller by John Grisham, author of The Firm and The Client. From Alan J. Pakula, director of All the President's Men and Presumed Innocent. Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington. The Supreme Court of the United States are ultimate symbol of law and order. But in a single night, two of its justices will be brutally assassinated. A thousand miles away in New Orleans, a lone law student has pieced together who did the killings and why, and created a document that has become known in the corridors of power as the Pelican Brief. Now, she has become a target, and the only person she can trust is an investigative journalist. Everyone I've told about the brief is dead. If this thing reaches as deep and goes as high as we think it does, these men will do anything not to be exposed. Julia Roberts, Denzel Washington, The Pelican Brief. So the paranoia thriller is a genre that's long reflected the political eras we're living through. John Frankenheimer, a filmmaker we discussed a couple episodes back, brought the genre to the mainstream. I would say he kind of brought it to the mainstream with, with the Manchurian candidate in the 1960s. The 1970s, though, was definitely the most prolific era for the genre. We had Coppola's The Conversation, Sidney Bollock's Three Days, The Condor. But yeah. I think no director captured the zeitgeist of the Nixon era like Alan J. Bakula. Um, throughout the 70s, he gave us the parallax view, Clute, and his Oscar-winning All the President's Men. Like many of the directors we're going to be covering early on in the series, the 80s and 90s, more hit and miss hit or miss for Pakula not so nice to Pakula after directing Sophie's Choice a movie that I still haven't seen and don't really want to why are we brokey are we broken are we what are we like broken like I don't want to see are we wookie I was like what does that mean like are we we broken like I don't give a fuck Morgan have you seen Sophie's Choice nope you know I watched some Pakula movies this week and that was one I got to and I was like you know what I think I know what this is and I don't really need to see it this is my choice and I'm not gonna watch it I didn't realize that that movie is also really horny apparently really shocking yeah a lot of fucking before the Nazis come yeah you know the Sophie's Choice the Pianist and Schindler's List three movies I've never seen do you deny the Holocaust as well or like that guy who came into yeah. Your restaurant a whole lot? No, I, I don't know why. It's just one of those things where I'm like, it's, there's never a good time to watch. Yeah, I you're mean, like, I'm not in the mood. Yeah. I'm not right. I'm the pianist. Uh, I mean, it's sort of like Spike Lee's Malcolm X. I was like, it's just there's never going to be a time where I'm like, I, no, I'm really different. in the mood. Quarantine. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Was the perfect time. I finally was like, we're committing, we're going to do, I'm doing Malcolm X. And it's great. I, did I feel like I kind of could pull up too, like kind of often. But the 90s, I think, was kind of, it was like a little a revamp for Bakula. He teamed up with Harrison Ford for Presumed Innocent. Uh, perfectly solid courtroom drama and then his final film the devil's own have you seen the devil's own no no well brad pitt's not always great with accents as we know no Uh, what does he do he's irish in it (laughs) easy now he's very irish it's not (laughs) great it's not great um i rewatched it because i it was one of those movies randomly that my mom took me to see as a kid that i was like i'm too young for this this is boring as fuck to me i don't care it's just too boring it's not that great it's harrison ford and brad pitt you would think it'd be great Um, wait really yeah, if it was just Brad Pitt, it would have been uh, his character. I think it would have been cool, but they like shoehorn in this Harrison Ford cop character to be like, "What you're uh-huh. doing is wrong." And I was just like, yeah, "I don't care." <laughs> yeah, but we're going to be discussing Bakula's penultimate film, 
and the one that returned him to his paranoid roots, the Pelican Brief. Tell them what it's about, Courtney. I mean, it's oh, about a I, lot, but I, I tried to summarize it. I think that I'd rather good. describe this one because I think I would get sidetracked. So say thank you. Follows law student Darby Shaw, <laughs> Darby, played by Julia Roberts, as she uncovers a political cover-up involving the assassination of two Supreme Court judges. Darby writes a paper, like, does she, is it a paper? I guess it is a paper, linking the assassination to she's oil She's just having fun. She's, she's like, kind of sticking around. She has a lot of time on her hands for a She's playing, she's like, like, what's the lot- <laughs> word game that people play from the New York Times? It's like, she's kind of just, Wordle? yeah, she's kind of just, ha- yeah, she's just kind of wordling. She's like wordling <laughs> this brief. Linking the assassinations to oil tycoon Victor Matisse, who plans to exploit the oil he discovered in a marshland that's populated by the endangered brown pelican. And when a professor, well, then it, it gets spicy. And her secret lover, ooh, Thomas Callahan, played by Sam Shepard, um, is killed in yeah. a car bomb that I kind of mentioned earlier. Darby goes on the run with wigs in, sh- in search of anyone who will believe her. And that's when she meets the hottest reporter, you say in Washington, but I would say fucking the whole world. Probably the whole world. Um, unfortunately I mean, named Greg. Ray Grantham. Ray Grantham. <laughs> you think it was like a Graham Green like tip of the hat, but then they just like fucked it up. Played by, I'm sorry, like the very tip of his career, kind of Denzel Washington, or like this the stage of like his like A-listerness, Denzel Washington. Sure. The two of them team up to expose the conspiracy that goes all the way to the top while ignoring the sexual tension between you. Yeah, they they need to fuck. I can't believe. Sorry, Denzel, spoiler. Um, Denzel, Denzel, Denzel said. To fuck. Denzel says. White America doesn't want me to fuck Julie Roberts. No, Black America doesn't want me to fuck Julia Roberts. I think both Americans don't. Both sides of America. Has he ever fucked Julia Roberts on screen? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Denzel doesn't fuck a lot of white women on screen. He does fuck. Wait, did it get cut out in the last, the movie where he's like drunk and trying to get Dakota, one of the fannings back? No, they don't Uh, show it. It It's on fire. Oh, they don't show it, but there was a version where they fucked. Yeah, they cut it out, even though there's like palpable sexual tension between them in that movie this even more though because they kind of have like a very like the adult thriller version of like a his girl friday type vibe where they're like working on a project together which like makes people really really horny i get so horny when i write the menu with (laughs) with the gm you have a project with somebody you're most like you they're doing a a big school project together no they both are just movie stars (laughs) they have the effortless chemistry that most actors don't really have today like they can really have chemistry with anyone you put them with and, and i would like, also maybe can... add that like they're at a part in their careers where they're both still really like hungry for like whatever that next step is you know what yeah. i mean no, like I now i don't think either one of these people would take this role as is no i don't think you're getting a lot of classic kind of paranoid thrillers these days i think we would get i would love to see like a q we would get like the QAnon paranoid thriller <laughs> Which I well, think is I mean, we'll get right into now. it. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not rotten, or else I would say we should do a live watch of uh, Sound of Freedom. But yeah, The Pelican Brief. There's a lot of plot in this movie. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, there I didn't is, follow but it... some of it. I did not follow some of it. No, and you did text me. The Pelican Brief is boring, and I did text you back. Which boring. movie did you watch first? Because I watched them in the order that I knew that we were going to do them, but actually, I watched them in the order. So I watched The Pelican Brief. First, because I was like, I was waiting for Taylor to get home. And I was like, well, I think the funnier one to watch with your boo is conspiracy theory. So yeah, that's the day. Yeah. So I like I just felt like I had like a healthy breakfast with Pelican Brief. And then I like went nuts with conspiracy theory. So I was like pretty like grit. It's long. It's a long movie. You could shave probably like 30 minutes. There's some fat on this movie. Yeah. 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 What, What order did you watch it, Morgan? 
I watched Conspiracy Theory first. Okay. You had wow. your dessert first. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say either one of these movies is dessert. They're both like fairly. <laughs> but I, I think I, a lot I of. Think, but I think Conspiracy Theory is like dessert. Like you don't feel good after. That's right. You know, Except for or when it's the kind of like when like you go to your friend's restaurant and they like send you all the desserts and you're like, oh, I fucking like, I don't really want all of these. Max used to work at a restaurant where they served a dish that tasted like um, marshmallows. Do you remember what Auburn was? It marshmallows? Wait. Oh, at Auburn. Yeah. It was either like Lucky Charms or like some kind of marshmallow (laughs) taste, but it was a risotto. It's a Michelin star restaurant serving Lucky Charms. Yeah. Wait, wait. But it was a risotto? It was a risotto. Yeah. But it tasted tasted like marshmallows. Yeah. 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 I do know what you're talking about now. But I didn't, but I didn't feel good after, is my point. Yeah. Every fucking pre shift, they were like, we're not selling risotto. Who's selling risotto tonight? (laughs) It's just Matt. I'm sorry. You got to try this. No, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the, like Sam Shepard. I love Sam Shepard. I'll watch him like, read the phone book. Yeah. Yeah. But some of those yeah. scenes kind of dragged a little bit. Although he does play a really good drunk, I have to say. He's, a, he's yeah. one of our best drunks. This man dies very drunk. He, the he second, dies, the he second explosion so is so brutal. Like the first yeah. one, you're like, oh man. And then the second one just, it's like, <laughs> no, this they guy's got the definitely dummy flopping dead. around too. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a body bag for him. They're like, well, we've got to put him in something. <laughs> Hold for siren. It was very timely, actually. I, I do want to start with the the first Supreme Court judge that we see. This is a very old man. They even yeah. address it later on. They're like, why even assassinate this guy? He was going to die any day now. And they're like, but what if he didn't? That. That's literally my first note of this movie is that is an old fucking man. Like you should just pick. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's realistic. But it's like at that point, you should just <laughs> pick. Went to hire Johnny Knoxville in his old man makeup. <laughs> yeah, as a Supreme Court judge, um, he's just looking out the window like, "What do they want from me?" Oh, he's laughing at the signs. The Everyone signs. is okay. First of all, this is my favorite detail in this entire movie: is whoever did the any like prop decoration for the mm-hmm. protest is incredible. The protest outside the Supreme Court, there it is like everyone in America has come together with their own agenda to be like, well, I'm mad about this and I'm mad about this. There is a sign for everything. Someone has an AIDS sign, birth control, abortion, the environment, war. Everyone has something to say at this protest. I don't know how they all got the memo to come together, but they're all there. (laughs) It was crazy. I was trying to understand what the protest was for. I think the first one was for abortion. That's where the AIDS sign is too. Well, you know, you probably attract some of the same crowd, but uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's some crossover there. There's some... The second one was for guns. What like was four guns? Made? They like you. <laughs> they like yeah. guns. Like, like um, you the guns. We need more guns. Yeah, there's there's a big protest. And then we see Stanley Tucci in the woods getting ready for his first job. He's changing outfits. He does a lot of outfit changes in this. Yeah, he's giving himself a little makeover. Outfit changes, accent changes, hair changes. He's just kind of like getting to it's like a one-man show. It really is. This guy is all in. Like, I think this guy's got to be the top assassin. The way that he leaves the killing in the jogger outfit and puts on the headphones is just in the opera. It's yeah. so tight. <laughs> is this one of his first big things? I, I want to say yes. Um Because like he barely has, like, does he speak? He barely has lines. He but speaks. he's so scary. He's a great villain, underrated villain. I, that movie, The Lovely Bones, is horrible, but he's very good in it. He plays a great child molester. Isn't Mark Wahlberg the dad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, should have flipped that one. <laughs> he, he, he replaced um, uh, Ryan Gosling. I thought I thought Tucci replaced Gosling. No. 
no, no. I thought no. Gosling was supposed to be the killer, and then no, he, he like got really the, fat. He was supposed to be the dad, and he showed up back because he was like, "Well, I'm too young. I didn't think anyone mm. would, would would think that I." I was, think like, yeah, the that dad. does sound right. And then they were like, "No, you're too fat. You're fired." It's a natural uh, conclusion. You're too can't get Gosling. Let's get Wahlberg. Someone's out there molesting my daughter. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, is a bit, this is one of the first big like movies for Tucci. He's he's a character actor. He starts. He's in a lot of like TV and stuff. Let's see. Leading up to this though, he's in. Oh, he is in Beethoven. He's in Beethoven. He is a villain. Who's he in Beethoven? I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure the dog bites his dick. I'm almost positive. <laughs> the dog bites his dick. I'm like vividly remembering this right now. Yeah. And then he starts to, I think, get bigger parts after that. He always oh, in It Could Happen to You. I love that movie. Jury Duty with Paulie Shore. Have you guys seen Big Night? Yeah. No. Oh, Morgan, you would love Big Night. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's great. Him and Tony Shalhoub both did it. The Core. I mean, who could forget the core? <laughs> they go to the core of the earth. They got to save the earth. Lucky number 11. Josh Hartnett. He's like low-key, one of our best. And now he yeah. likes to make Negronis on TV. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, so we get Tucci. We get a little young Cynthia Nixon. Do you think? You two think that like she was gonna get killed? I did think she was gonna get killed at the bar. I was like, this girl is dead. It's like I thought that Darby was just like kind of being kind of sneaky, but not sneak. Like she like could skip class sneaky, but like maybe not. No, I definitely thought she was gonna get her friend killed. I mean, let's be real. She, Darby should have died at several times in this movie. It's kind of yeah. Yeah. And there's like a point in the middle where she's just kind of like going back to daily life. I'm like, how how is it that you're just out? And about Someone with this wig, <laughs> I have my wig. Yeah, her and Tucci are both in competition to see who has the most wigs and disguises. <laughs> also, yeah. when she goes on the run, she has an outfit change for every day. She brought a lot of clothes with her. Yeah, she brought a lot. Of she's stuff. got a she's got a lot of fucking outfit switches. The scene um, where she that she goes to meet Tucci, but she thinks it's the attorney. Yeah, the other guy. The, that to me is pretty clever. It's like the that, double braids look that she has. It's like yeah. the gentleman yeah. lenses. Yeah. I'm like, you look honestly, you look sick. She looks hot. That's her. I best never fit. understood the Julia Roberts thing. I think when I was younger, because of how like we grew up so with crazy. her, I just was like, yeah, she's pretty, but like I don't really get it. And then watching movies from this period, I'm like, oh, yeah. I Lord. love Julia Roberts. Pretty Woman's one of my favorite movies, and you've never seen it, so. I know I'm a bad boy. I'm gonna watch. Have you seen Pretty Woman, Morgan? Nope. Wow, we both. Are you fucking kidding me? It's we like on TV right now. Women. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, not that. Uh, <laughs> I do want to. Well, you, I'm gonna. Watch you guys, it. you you both have like a sweet treat waiting for you later. You know, I would like, love to watch it. It's it's I, really fucking good. You're a little jealous that we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, a little bit. Like yeah. I I watch it probably. It's probably my one of my most top ten most watched. This is movies. how we tell people to watch Shooter. We're like, you haven't seen Shooter? Oh, you are <laughs> in for a treat. <laughs> but to go back to your point about the set design and the the protest, there's some huge set pieces in this movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy that both these movies, this was just a time where you could green light a fucking like $100 million adult thriller. I think yeah. I read that some of the set pieces were like leftover from the movie Dave. <laughs> they were. Like the, the White sets, House. The White House set was used on Dave and they just, they reused it. Protests that like they've got the camera pretty wide. Like you're seeing a lot of people, oh, yeah. a lot of extras. I'm like, this this is expensive. Well, now we don't we don't need to do that anymore. We're going to AI all the extras. We're That's gonna, right. Don't need them. I'll give you $150, and I'm going to use your face until way after your death. <laughs> Have you done extra work? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. went to a guy, this old man in an office on Woodman and Ventura, who basically was <laughs> like, if you gave him $80, he signed off and said that you did three. Uh, to get your SAG voucher? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, no way. Yeah, you just gave me 80 bucks and he signed off on it. It was just this old man at a desk. So it's like a racket. Like he, he was like going to die. And he was he was like the fucking judge in this movie. And he was like, oh, okay, <laughs> here we go. And he just signed it for you. Wow. <laughs> Took his pills and was like, here you go. $80. Was he like an old producer? I think he was like an old casting director, maybe. Interesting. Um, I don't okay. remember. This was an, I met, I heard about him through somebody in my first acting class ever. He was like, I know a guy. Well, it worked. He's going to die. He's risking it all for young actors. <laughs> I thought that the the second Supreme Court judge who was killed in the gay porn theater, I thought that was Matthew Broderick at first. I'm like, <laughs> in, the really? lot, in the wide, I thought it was Matthew Broderick. Wait, was he the one that kind of had like the wife that was always, no, that's the that's the guy that's like friends no, that's, with that's Sam Shepard. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. really like the way that that guy's wife is just like in the background being like, I'm watching Jeopardy. <laughs> no, she's watching Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah she's like, can you get off the phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he picks up the phone to find out that his friend's dead. And like, if you hear like your friend or your partner just being like, oh my God, like what happened? Like you would not be like, can you shut up? Shut up. Like you'd be I, like, I'm what watching happened? Regis. I can't hear him. Um, the blacklist is on. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, that detail. Yeah, I love that. I love the wife. I love a good library research montage. I miss those. You know? Oh yeah. Once I love a good montage of someone uncovering the truth, but like you, like we were saying earlier, like she has a lot of time on her hands. I would like to think that someone who's like in their final year of law school, like she's basically just like writing a blog. She's like, "What if I wrote this blog piece?" You're and, right. And I went out and on her Zanga page. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that the other connected tissue of these movies is, or the theme anyway, is like it's incredible <laughs> what you can achieve when you put your mind to it. Yeah, it is. You know? and, yeah, but it, it's also like <laughs> and there's no distractions of internet. This is what this is what Well, I kind of feel like do. the opposite where like we'll get into the next one, but it's like the thing that she uncovers like actually and I feel like Sam Shepard does kind of say it, it just like it's literally what everyone should have just done like investigate the links between these two people. Follow the money. Yeah, but they were like this thing goes all the way to the top. Yeah, we get a president too that is like you said Morgan He's not, he's stupid. Big he's, dumb dumb. He's giving kind of a Biden vibe when you, he's introduced like playing with his dog. Yeah. In office. He's like, look what my dog can do. And they're like, sir, we need to talk to you about something important. He's yeah, like, oh, that is what the dog does. No, but look. <laughs> I, I thought the dog to roll over. I like that, that this is, because it's also, you have to think about the era in which it was made. And it's like, I still feel like, I remember a couple episodes ago, you guys were talking about like, I think it was when you were talking about Blonde, how people are super defensive of Kennedy and even Reagan. And there's just a kind of reverence for the office of the president. And I, and it's kind of, I mean, it's bold that in this, I guess this is what the nineties that uh, yeah. someone would just be like openly kind of satirizing the president in an otherwise serious thriller. Yeah, or like, it's like... not even like fully satirizing. It's just kind of being like, he's dumb. Yeah. He's just kind of stupid. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be like a combination of Bush one and, and Jimmy Carter. Basically. Cause apparent, cause I was like, what, when he gives like the presidential address from the oval office, I was like, oh, this guy's casual. He's just wearing a sweater. The sweater. Like, yeah. But I guess that's a reference to Carter. I guess Carter did oh. that. He addressed mm. the nation in a cardigan sweater and everybody was like, this guy doesn't take us seriously. It's a joke. Oh, that's so funny. He's laughing at us. You think I'm uh, a fucking joke? <laughs> you put on a suit when you address me. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's, that was a weird one after the car bomb that kills Sam Shepard, yeah. which is, yeah, like you said, really, really horrific. So it, gnarly. it does blow up once. It gives him like a good shake and lights yeah. him on. He's definitely lit on fire at this point, but it's almost to say like, but if he gets out, he could make it. And then the car really blows up. Yeah. Uh, and his body is done. Like 
the first thing would make him like ugly for the rest of his life, but then the second <laughs> thing kills him. Yeah, they put him out of his misery. They were like, "You're not gonna." Yeah. Um, yeah, he he blows up pretty good in front of Julia Roberts, who's great in that scene. She is very. She good. really is. Yeah. They're both great. I mean, look, I think this is like a testament to to just star power mm-hmm. that we just don't have anymore. It's just no, good yeah, actors. Lily James can't watch yeah. her boyfriend blow up in a car like that. You know, I dare her. I don't know what my problem with her is, but like, I I really I'm in love with her. Oh, really? Yeah. You just want. I just can't stop. Just like at I her. don't see it. <laughs> I can't stop googling Lily James. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my wife's gonna catch me. Uh, no, yeah, I mean it's like two movie stars who also are fucking great actors. It's not like fucking Chris Pratt and whoever. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Well, this is a cover up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that sounds kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah, I write for the Washington Herald. (laughs) Notice that all the newspapers in this movie, they don't have years on them. They have a date, but no year. Oh, no, I didn't. That's really really funny. Damn, dog, talk about a segue into our next movie. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I'm looking at this newspaper. It says December 7th, and there's no year. The first agent that they send after Julia Roberts. Is this the Weasley guy? The Weasley guy, yeah. Did, Did you guys watch the last season of Barry? Yeah. No, I haven't yet. He's pretty much what Fred Armisen is doing in that scene where he's going to kill him, where he's just sweating and like staring at him. Like she's yes. in the elevator and yeah. this agent is just like, <laughs> like staring at her from yeah. the corner, just sweating bullets. <laughs> just like... Wait, is he the same guy that like um, is like kind of hitting on her at a bar? No. No, no, no. I like guy. him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the... my favorite because at that first, the craziest like, just... tactic. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I want you to go into the bar and I want you to harass her until she's yeah. really, really uncomfortable. And, and then you're going to point to me. And then you're going to point to me. And I'm gonna yeah, yeah, Andy, you're going to point to me. And then I'm going to chase her. I, I'm so, <laughs> I really love the idea. And it was just like such a weird subplot, but I wish you could have seen like this is idea of all these bikers just beating the shit out of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really takes down the first guy in a way that I was like, it's a little guy. I don't know. But then he just gets this shit beat out but of him. But then the next day, he so looks, like, perfectly fine. And I was like, I would have loved to see this guy in, like, a neck brace. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I could still find her. It should have been, the, like, the, the subplot of this movie should have been that he just gets increasingly more injured. <laughs> yeah. But he's still trying to get to her. <laughs> he just drives off a cliff. <laughs> oh. He blows uh, himself up. Yeah, the guy at the bar, she goes into a bar to meet with Cynthia Nixon. That's when I was like, your friend's dead, honey. Like. Right. Yeah, you're really exposing her right now. You Not a good look. She's going to die, but she she lives through that. Um, it also doesn't seem like they're even that good of friends. It just seems like she like wants to be talking to somebody, and I'm like, you're selfish. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? When you're just I like driving, you and you're out. like, I'm bored. Oh. Who am I going to call? It's kind of crazy. I mean, Max mentioned like pre-social media to think about the idea of dropping by your friend's house and be like, do you want to get a burger? And they're just like, no. No. Like, all right. All. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She calls her. Yeah. While she's like about to fuck Sam Shepard. She's like, are you hungry? And she she's comes like, to the oh. house. She's literally outside oh, I her she was door. The- oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Roberts is a horrible friend in this movie. Um, she blows yeah. her friends off to fuck her professor and she potentially exposes them to death. Roberts also, this is the year after sleeping with the enemy and uh, another movie where she has to wear a baseball cap as a disguise in the bar scene i'm assuming that like, i feel like morgan you would have brought this up by now if you noticed it there is an incredible extra at the bar <laughs> I didn't and, I, I, and if you still have the movie or you rent it go back and watch this clip because she goes into the <laughs> bar well it opens with an establishing shot of the bar's entrance mm-hmm. inside Mm-hmm. And you can see a few people, but this way this woman <laughs> is framed and the attention that she has given made me think that she was an agent. 
undercover because mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on with this woman? There's a woman with curly hair who is looks like she's she's trying to like bob her head to music, but she looks like she's having a seizure. Looking <laughs> 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 around, <laughs> Robert walked in, and I thought the woman was gonna follow her. I was like, maybe she's an agent, but she's just an extra. <laughs> she's she, having a good time. She was like, I'm gonna make sure the camera sees me. <laughs> Smart. They're like they're gonna give me a line. I know they're gonna give me a line if I just fucking shake my head crazy enough. <laughs> like you would think a first AD would just be like, "Hey, we need to swap her," or like, "You're doing a lot. Right? There's a lot of business happening with you." Yeah, please go back and watch that. It's kind of amazing. But then we get the uh, we get Tucci um, pretending to be John Hurd. I mean, even this the first time we meet. I guess the first time we meet him is in the on the island or whatever when he gets in the truck. But yeah, I love. I love. I do like the introduction. It's it feels very nineties of like him, mm-hmm. you know, coming in and doing the thing, knocking on the door and asking for Mister Zeller or Zegler or whatever the name is. And then he slides the envelope and he comes in his yeah. room and he's speaking in his natural accent and then he changes it to order room service. I'm like, that's fun. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Like I. I I'm I'm getting into the throes of the movie. Like just imagining you on the plane with your headphones and watching. This is fun. Looking around. <laughs> Anybody else seeing this? <laughs> yeah, like I, I kind of like how kind of tepid it is on purpose. Like I think that like it's really important for the movie to feel classy, like one of the old movies. And so instead they kind of like took out some of the whiz bang that is definitely available in conspiracy theory, but I kind of like it. Like, 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 like the this. firm is long, but it doesn't feel like it has fat on it. Like it moves. Right no, up. and also so much is happening in the firm there's a lot of in-between scenes in this one where you're just kind of like well it also takes forever and like a way that i kind of appreciate for your two stars to me, it takes mm-hmm. like an hour. It, yeah, it's like over. And Denzel's like, not in this want. movie for for a no. lot of the beginning. Like a lot of the all you when he shows up, it's yeah. infinitely better. He has one scene towards the beginning where he's like trying to follow Jake Weber, who calls him and says he's some guy named Garcia. He's so charming. He's so fucking good. Just even in the phone scenes where he's just yeah. trying to get information out of him. Uh, but then he also tries to chase him, and then like to follow him, he tries to get a cab, but he's running around with like a hood covering his face. So it's just like yeah. this guy running around with a hood and. Like runs up to a cab to get it, and the guy's like, "Oh!" <laughs> like, he, he looks like the killer from "I Know What You Did Last Summer." He does, like, yeah. You're like, and then he ends. I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> but I'm like, "Dude, I don't know what you thought that cab driver was gonna do." Right. <laughs> but yeah, when they meet up, they just have that thing. They have that special thing that even on the phone, their chemistry yeah. comes through. I yeah. mean, I love my probably my favorite moment in this entire movie is it's the look Denzel gives the phone when he thinks he's blowing it with Garcia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The phone, the phone rings again and he just looks back. And it's just like, that is why this guy is one of the best actors we yeah. have. Like, he, with incredible. a single look, he tells you so much. But if yeah, I there... was Julia Roberts, too, and I met him, I would be so wet. I'd be like, this is that guy. <laughs> like, usually, like, someone's, if they have a sexy voice that, like, might not. At, like add up right. to anything but you're just like jesus I bet you're, and, and i do you're really great. like think that like this does like really show like my approaching middle age that like <laughs> oh my god i'm so stupid it's like i also like like kind of like the epilogue where like, he's going on tv all the time and like here's the thing i think the movie's like they didn't fuck while they were solving this mystery but i think they might fuck later guys well they were supposed to i think they that's I the think question they for Darby Shaw. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely supposed to. And Denzel basically 
in the novel, they were lovers, they become lovers. And it said Julia Roberts was interested in bringing that romance to the screen. Denzel Washington disagreed, feeling that audiences did not want to see an interracial romance. When making Virtuosity a couple of years later, Washington had a romance between his and Kelly Lynch's characters cut from the script for similar reasons. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that I'm glad that these two characters didn't get together. I mean, I like it more as like a friendship, especially because Me she too. already had established romantic connection with Sam Shepard, which is probably, I mean, honestly, it's a lot of the fat, I feel like, in the movie lies in those scenes. Sure. They're well acted between Shepard and Julia Roberts, but it's just kind of like, we're not really advancing the story necessarily. Like, you know, they're yeah. kind of, and because of the kind of actor Sam Shepard is, like, you feel like you're watching him on stage. He's taking his fucking time. Like there is not, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we're not, we're not moving that scene along. So if there was any part of the film that like, I feel like could have benefited from some trimming, it was kind of like tying up that relationship a little cleaner. Yeah. And I think the ending has bad on it too, where it's like, it kind of ends, but then it's like going it. and you're like, okay, well, why did this motherfucker fly with her? I was like, you want me to fly with you? Uh, yeah. So I'm busy. <laughs> uh, bitch, I'm sorry, dude. I got shit to do. I just, I got to write this paper and like, we're not fucking. So I'm not going to go with you. That's yeah. a long, that's a long flight. I, I just going back to Tucci though. So the scene with John Hurd is really he basically has to pretend to be John Hurd, which is my favorite uh, moment in the movie. <laughs> looking in the mirror and putting a pillow under his shirt to make to him like look, look chubbier. Fat. And then the way he channels John Hurd's voice is actually really good. It is, yeah. I was like, wow, he is he, this man is good. I would hire him if I needed to kill somebody. This guy's really mm -hmm. good. He kind of looks like Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have never seen it. But yeah, if does. Jason Schwartzman was jacked. Yeah, if Jason Schwartzman got jacked and had no hair. But yeah, I love when he like puts on the hat and then like the big shirt and just looks like a fucking idiot. He looks <laughs> like some dumb dad who's like, where are my kids <laughs> wandering around? <laughs> my complaint with Tucci is that I, I think they kill him too soon. Yeah. I don't think they realize how, like, what a good villain they have with Tucci. It's also not, like, exactly clear. We have to wait till the end to find out who killed him and why. You, you kind of get it because you see the guy, the other agent there, or whoever's following them. But yeah, right. it's a little weird in the movie where you're just like, okay, Tucci's gone. But he is kind of set up to be, like, an unkillable villain. Which right. It's also like if if his interests align with the governments in the White Houses, I should say, why wouldn't they just let him kill her? Yeah, exactly. Why would they intervene? I mean, that's the thing with any of these movies. It's like none of these characters would really, like you said, get that far because if they really wanted to hide something, they'd be like, just kill her. Right. <laughs> they would be like Arlie Ermey and Saving Silver. Kill her. <laughs> kill her. Kill her. <laughs> oh, I have a note that says, yeah, when we get the gun protest, um, one of the one of the signs just says, I love guns. <laughs> <laughs> At the protest, it's just someone who says, I love guns. <laughs> like sometimes the simplest messaging is the most powerful. Yeah, I love guns. Yeah, and then there's just a bunch of people holding cardboard guns. Yeah, which is yeah, really that, that was a popular poster. Was, uh, Denzel's yeah. just charging to the crowd with his yeah. little gun poster. Okay, so I kind of lost it a little, I think, when they were looking for Jake Weber. It's like they're trying to find him, and then they go to... How they get in touch with another... So they were trying to, they were trying to ID some... They were trying to get someone who could identify the photograph right of him so they they called uh law students who had clerked at the firm the year before gotcha okay and yeah, of yeah. the of that selection was one very horny crazy boy yeah i do want to talk about this horny guy <laughs> dude he's so horny this man has lost his mind and he needs to come really badly when he sees her he's like oh, <laughs> oh don't come in <laughs> it's literally he's like jason biggs and american vice oh <laughs> <laughs> so they go yeah they go they find that this guy is staying in a hospital he's in like a hospital or like a rehabilitation center and she goes in there 
she just gets access to his room while Denzel's distracting somebody. And yeah, this kid looks like really sweaty and he has like that kind of glazed over like cum vibe about him where you're just like, oh, and he's just sitting in his bed and he's like, who are you? <laughs> and then she questions him, but he's like almost too horny to think. <laughs> like, do you know this man? And he's like, God, oh, sounds so familiar, but oh God, your tits. <laughs> oh wait, no, I remember him. <laughs> What's his name? And then like when she leaves, and then she's almost caught by security, and they're like, and she's like, I'm his sister. And then like he comes out of his room. I kept thinking he was gonna come out of his room in his boxers, like a boner in his boxers. Like, no, that yeah, that's my sister. <laughs> it's like, not what you think. Please come back, sis. It's <laughs> pretty bratty, sis. I love my sister Tit. so much. <laughs> He does take a long time to answer. The cop is like, is this your sister? And he's like, oh, oh yeah. Her? Yeah, I really like her to come back to my room again. This time you can't leave. Why was he so in bad. there, though? Uh, that was not entirely clear. It's kind of like he maybe had like a psychological breakdown. I guess yeah. you can infer that it was like the nature of the work that he was doing at the firm. or He just... knew too much and he came too little. That's really all that <laughs> to this man is. <laughs> <laughs> he went a little, little, he got piss mad. And then we get the great, uh, the parking structure chase. Yep. Oh yeah, that is sick. I thought another, like just all the cars could blow up. <laughs> Every well, car just Part of me blowing. was like, do more cars blow up? Cause I was really scared as a kid. I don't think that happens a lot. Probably that stuff is traceable, but it's a political thriller. So like whatever. Car bombs. Like yeah. I can't go and do that. I think in real life, there's not as many car bombs as in movies. I think that that is a pretty crazy way to kill someone. And, uh. You would also think like if your car has literally never stalled when you try to turn over the key that you'd think someone would be mm-hmm. like, that's, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like, let me just keep trying this goddamn thing. Yeah, well, he was trashed. Damn it. <laughs> he was so trashed that she wouldn't drive with that's him. True. That's true. It's a true. don't drink and drive commercial, actually. That's such yeah. a, yeah, like that's a part where you can definitely see like the screenwriter working out where he's like, oh, we're going to fucking kill this guy. And she's like, get him really drunk. And she doesn't want to drive with him. But then she's also cool with him driving. Yeah. She's like, I'm not getting in that car, but if you want to die. Good can. luck. Good luck, buddy. And then he's like, you're so beautiful. His <laughs> 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 dying words. Look at that fucking ass. I mean, there's words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm such a lucky pimp. Um, um, I love that the car explodes. That Both the cars explode based on him crashing into it. He kind of mm-hmm. sideswipes the car in the parking lot, which causes all of them to explode. Well, I think I think the idea would be that that's like enough impact to trigger the explosion because of the bomb that's but, underneath yeah. the car. Right, right, right. But it is, a, I mean, that my man was wilding out. The fact that he was like swerving that hard to hit yeah, that car. He's, he's driving like Mel Gibson in the beginning of Conspiracy Theory. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it, was, it was a satisfying death, though, for the weasel guy. Yeah, I did want to see him get his ass kicked a little more. He's like a Jonathan Banks in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I'm also like, does Toby, what's his name? Toby Jones play that character today? Who's a little guy? Toby. Oh, is that God. Toby yeah. Jones? The yeah. English actor? Yeah. 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 He's so yeah. old. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he may be too old to play him. Don't worry. I'll but I don't know who. Who's the guy from uh, Prisoners who's like got all the snakes in his house? Oh, David Dusk, Dusk Malkian. The is. guy who's yeah. the go-to creep now. Yeah, make that guy that that, that role. <laughs> or he's the the cummy uh, law student who's like, she's my sister. Um, did you know that Paul Rudd named his daughter after Julia Roberts' character in this? No. Interesting. Okay, just like the name. Sweetie, we named you after Julia Roberts on the Pelican Brief. You wrote a legal brief when you were 24 years old. Apparently, John Grisham wrote this part for Julia Roberts in mind when he wrote the book. That just shows you how much money he was making at the time. He's like, I could just write this book and think of Julia Roberts and they'll probably make it. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Hollywood is mine. Uh, 
Honestly, the best, my favorite scenes from this movie are probably the first time that Denzel meets up with his source, which is who's the custodian at the White House. Yes. In that little like coffee shop cafe. Yeah. Uh, I love both of their scenes. That one and the one of them on the metro are coming off the metro. Mm-hmm. And then the scene with Lithgow and Denzel oh, is yeah, one of the best in the about movie. Lithgow. Oh, yeah. John Lithgow yeah. shows up as not a villain, as a good guy in this. He's great. There's some heavy hitters in this movie. There are some heavy hitters in this. I, I think it's, yeah, it's Denzel and, and Julia that kind of are the glue of it. I, I just, I think like Bakula made so many like tight, well-paced, great thrillers in the 70s that i was surprised it felt like it had so much fat on it mm-hmm. um have you seen consenting adults wait mm-hmm. who's in that so it's kevin klein and kevin spacey no it's very funny that's technically probably his biggest misfire if it has like a couple rotten movies um but this movie still is like a huge hit it makes almost 200 million dollars worldwide so that's pretty crazy that this movie can make that much money i'm surprised it's rotten it's yeah it's it's barely but it's it's you know uh, both these movies are barely rotten but you know I think that this was the one that seemed like it had a little more heat around it. So it might be more fun to talk about. Consenting Adults is very funny. Consenting Adults is the ultimate cuck uh, night. <laughs> um, I would highly recommend it if you want a good laugh. It is Kevin Spacey just cucking Kevin Klein and then taking his whole life away from him while he rots in jail. It's Sick. Pretty, it's Wait, maybe incredible. I have seen that. I don't know. I watched another movie of his from 79. I think it's his follow-up to All the President's Men called Starting Over with Burt Reynolds and Jill Clayburgh and, and mm. Candace Bergen. It's mm. basically like a James L. Brooks or Albert Brooks like romantic comedy. So it's fun. It is. It's it's a weird one for Pakula though. You're kind of sense that he's a little too cold for it maybe. And Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds is like not exactly like screaming Game. like charming romantic lead. He's a right. little too like cool. You kind of needed yeah. someone with a little more quirk to it. But Jill Clayburgh is fucking incredible in it. It's good. It's a good movie. He adapted Orphans the play. Oh. Yeah, with Albert Finney and Matthew Modine. Oh, whoa. Get this hot head favorite, out of here. My favorite actor. <laughs> America's favorite actor, Matthew Modine. <laughs> uh, before we move on to critics, I was just going to say to you, this movie was nominated for two MTV Movie Awards. This Come on. This one? Yeah. It's this so, like, team. adult. Well, this yeah. was, it was a different time. It was nominated for Best Female Performance, but it lost to Janet Jackson in Poetic Justice. Fair. Of course. I mean, but this one's really fun. It lost to two movies that we've actually covered, and Denzel lost the award for most desirable male. That was the category. Mm. You'll never believe who he lost to. Do, do I even know this movie? Oh, you know it. It's one of our more notorious ones. He lost to Billy Baldwin and Sliver. No, Billy Baldwin and Sliver was the that most might that might be male. worse than Denzel not getting the the Oscar for Malcolm X. <laughs> Losing most desirable male to Billy Baldwin. Yeah, that sucks for a movie in which he plays a fucking idiot stalker. (laughs) Those were the times, though. A partner named Sims Wakefield supervised the case for WNB. Morgan worked on the periphery of the case. He took a bunch of files and documents that Wakefield left on his desk for him, not related to the case. When he got back to his own office, he found a handwritten memo on the bottom of the stack of documents. He had inadvertently taken it from Wakefield's desk copy of a memo is attached to the affidavit he made a copy of the memo placed the original in the same position under the files on this desk stop washington Herald. Mm. no stop stop break it out of the car well yeah this movie is a 54 percent. it's not too okay so it's not too rotten not i was actually surprised in. to know it was what rotten yeah because there's nothing like glaring about it no i it's like 
if this movie came out today, I think it would far away be like totally fresh. People would be like, well, thank God this was made. But then yeah. we took it for granted. But we also, you know, it was a time where we had like the firm and in the line of fire and shit like that. With, you know, the fugitive, better movies, better adult mm-hmm. thrillers in a way. But it's not Thomas of the Washington Post said, a brightly wrapped ketchup drenched mush burger. It slides down the zeitgeist esophagus like a slippery McPelican. Weird. What? Yikes. And then I love this. You pay, you swallow, you drive home. you're left with with nothing except possibly heartburn you pay you swallow you drive home is an insane i've got it right above my sink on the wall (laughs) i saw a bumper sticker that said if if you're riding my ass this close you better be pulling my hair (laughs) i saw a bumper sticker today that just said if you can see this close you're a loser really angry scene that fuck you um anthony lane of the new yorker said more like the pelican long and drawn out well over two hours of plots subplots and super sub dialogue mm. <laughs> rick ronda the Glo- globe and mail said pakula screenplay looks to bulldoze a clear path through the narrative thickets but this stuff is impenetrable meant to be complicated it's just confusing uh and roger ebert gave it a good review though raj shout out to raj, raj said uh, it's kind of, it's mixed, you know, it, it's not like a, a, a rave, but he said by casting attractive stars in the leads, by finding the right visual look, by underlining the action with brooding, ominously sad music, a good director can create the illusion of meaning even when nothing is there. Damn. I mean, yeah, I feel like by the midpoint, I was kind of like, what do we, what, why do we care again? Mm. What is like, what are we chasing here? I feel like a good conspiracy or like paranoia thriller, like it keeps you in the dark but it brings you in just a little bit to like i don't know it, there, there's something that just like never really like grab yeah. it's a little it's a little slow to start yeah it's a little too dry and it's like the script isn't smart enough to i feel like be that dry like spotlight is dry but that's a really airtight script as yeah. far as like a kind of like procedural thing uh who's everyone's mvp that's hard actually because denzel Zell's not in it that much but then sells it a lot and julie ah uh, denzel no, I'm going to say Stanley. Be, it might be the Tooch, dude. He left the biggest impression. Yeah, he's really scary. Especially because the movie that I watched the most of his is Easy A. Like, I just will <laughs> comfort watch that a lot. Yeah. I just think he's, like, the funnest dad in any teen movie ever. He's great. Uh, Though I really do, like, Frasier's dad dad and Say Anything because he's just embezzling money from old people and thinks he deserves it. That's another one. Wait, have you not seen Say Anything lately? I've never seen Say Anything. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But that's uh, really You should funny. watch it. You know, you should watch it. I mean, I don't think it gave away anything. Like, I actually think that's what he's makes that movie. embezzling the- money from old people? That's what I kind of think that that movie is the best movie do ever because die. like the problems yeah the problems that the kids are dealing with they're actually like really hard and like reasons why maybe someone like is estranged for their father for the rest <laughs> of their life and he has this scene where he's like justifying why he is basically committing like elder abuse and it's incredible like i ju- i just rewatched it last week but i'll rewatch it again before the year's over like i i really love that money i can't mine. believe you've never seen see anything you're a cameron crow girly i just actually bought it for five dollars because I've never seen it. Oh my God, watch it. It's so good. Gonna, it is so good. It gets me we, every time. Morgan? Elizabethtown, I'm going to watch it. You Have fucking it. prick. You worthless piece <laughs> of shit. You fucking piece of shit. You're a loser. Oh <laughs> you have to understand that uh, just most of the movies that I saw until the time I was like 25 were just absolute garbage. But Takers. Uh, we saw Takers together. That's right. We're Takers, oh, boys. We take. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. We take. Uh, 
<laughs> I felt like a like a placeholder line. They're like, we'll go back to that. We'll make it a good one. We'll figure sure. it out. We'll figure it out. And then I just was just like, I think that's what they want me to say. All right. So you both pick Tucci. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Denzel just because I think, like I said, that scene where he looks at the phone, he can do so much. Yeah, just yeah. To look for sure. But also, he he really does. I imagine for any other actor, the impetus would be to like get excited. You know what I mean? And he just keeps it so even keel and so calm. Mm -hmm, for sure. And there's yeah. that scene with Lithgow. He has a line. It's like a very cliche line. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like, don't is tell me I'm he... crazy, like blah, blah, blah. But he just says he delivers it so like, don't tell me I'm crazy. This is the truth. Blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's just he's so mm -hmm. controlled and calm and present. Such yeah. a good listener. Fantastic. Yeah. No, everything he does with his eyes and just listening to people on the phone, like that's really it's hard. hard. It's really hard mm -hmm. to do. I think yeah. that's sometimes the hardest stuff to do. Another favorite moment when she asks him to sleep on the couch and she's like, is this, this might sound crazy. And he's like, it's not crazy at all. Like, of course. Yeah. I'm just like, Ugh. I wasn't going to fuck you anyway. I had no <laughs> desire. When he uh, called Tony Golden at the end, she said, which one of you nuts you want, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's almost like a two-way tie for an MVP between Julia Roberts and, and Denzel because they are just fucking carrying this thing. But yeah. Tucci is definitely like the stealth. That's a thing. Memorable. It's a more guy. fun choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tucci's, he's this, you know, I feel like a lot of these movies then, most of them had that great kind of Tucci style performance where it was just like a side villain who was just really bringing a lot to the table. Because at yeah. the time you would cast like great character actors in these parts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like now. So like back then it would be like a Buscemi or yeah, like a Tucci. You would get like a weird guy. They always brought it. I think this is the first time in this series that I'm going to say, I think this actually is kind of an auteur misfire because I think that he's made so much good before this and you know he can make this movie. So it kind of feels like he's on autopilot to me. Mm. yeah but not a bad movie like it, it's the epitome of the tnt afternoon movie yeah it's definitely not i mean when you mentioned some of its contemporaries like the fugitive you know it, it definitely does not hold a candle <laughs> but uh <laughs> you're like the kid in the asylum Can horny you do you not remember this i think he was horny yeah so horny you didn't like, get and i bet that room smells really cummy she literally opens the door and <laughs> says, oh, oh god <laughs> Oh, um. <laughs> I think he's trying to give like mental patient, but he can't help like the actor can't help it because it's Julia Roberts. And then like the Less room calm, itself does feel really cummy. So like it's yeah. like, yeah. He literally has a line. He says like he's like for a face like that or so to see if I've been waiting oh, a long yeah. time to see a face like that or something. I'm just With like a pair hey. of jugs like that. I tell you anything. <laughs> oh God. For five minutes alone with those. Oh my god. Yeah, because it's like, how does she because it's like he bribes someone to give him they both kind of use their looks to like he's like trying to get records and then some oh then like another student yeah just basically everyone like this other student like wants to fuck denzel and he's like i know where that kid is he dropped out and is in a mental institution <laughs> i'll tell you everything i know yeah like um, i'll tell you where hot. it is it's like yeah when they showed that black guy next to him i thought he was going to be another bad extra because he was doing so much work to like yeah he was in. doing so much and then i saw him fall and i was like oh thank god i thought that like every he's like extra um i'll tell you like, i'm gonna rely on him hard. he's important I was going to say really good before we move on. I didn't realize Alan J. Pakula, I thought he died of old age. He died in a car accident, tragically, at 70. Did it car bomb? Up? <laughs> car bomb. They got it. He knew. He knew. And they let it happen. Uh, <laughs> he was driving. And I guess there was like a freak accident. A car swerved. And like a pipe got loose off of like the back of a car. And like Come some on. final destination shit like went crashed his windshield and hit his head. That's I'm sorry. That's crazy. an inside job. I don't believe it. The Pelican Brief got too real. R.I.P. Alan J. Pakula. One, yeah. of, real. one of the best of the 70s. You made me sure. scared of car bombs. 
Jerry Fletcher has theories. The whole Vietnam War was fought over a bet that Howard Hughes lost to Aristotle Onassis. Some would call his theories crazy. You're telling me that NASA is going to kill the president of the United States with an earthquake. Not exactly the kind of thing a Secret Service agent can, like, just throw himself on top of. He writes them in his newsletter. This is the third issue this year. Conspiracy theory. He sends them out, and she is the only one he trusts. I've loved you since the first time I ever saw you. Jerry, you don't love me. I don't. Now, one of his theories is true. Can you prove any of this? Absolutely not. Only he doesn't know which one. Must have hit a nerve with one of those articles in there. But his enemies do. How many subscribers do you have? Five. Well, they're dead. I have to find Jerry. These things that you're talking about, you did them to Jerry. Jerry is very dangerous. What are you going to do? I won't find him because he'd find me. Conspiracy Theory, directed by Richard Donner. There's, there's a it's lot less so, plot to this one. No, it's so funny, though. Like, this, this is like one of the coolest movies we've ever done. <laughs> this <laughs> the, this rocks. Was, this was like one that I was like, this is why we have this podcast. I can't believe we haven't done this before. I watched it very randomly yeah. two years ago with, with Nick and Sean, and we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> Richard Donner's it's status good. as an auteur isn't on the same level as some of the other directors we're going to be covering throughout the series, as he's more known as a reliable journeyman. Uh, the success of the Lethal Weapon franchise is often attributed to Shane Black in the original Superman film. I think it's rarely mentioned in the same breath as him. But Donner was a sturdy hand throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s with a few late career bangers in the 2000s like 16 Blocks. Pretty good movie. I haven't seen and it. It's pretty good. It's rotten, it's too. It's pretty good. Bruce Willis and Most Def. And David Morse, yeah. one of the most underrated guys around. The what best. a great heavy. Love David Morse. In 1997, though, Donner was the kind of director who could almost always guarantee a big hit. Reuniting with Mel Gibson, Donner brought us the tonally confused MK Ultra thriller, Conspiracy Theory. Teaming uh, Gibson with Julia Roberts was always going to be a recipe for box office success in the 90s, but it's hard to imagine a movie star-driven thriller with weird comedic undertones about an MK Ultra asset who eats jars of tapioca pudding would even get made today. Dude. Conspiracy Theory follows <laughs> mentally ill cabbie Jerry Fletcher, played by Gibson, as he barrels through the streets of Manhattan, spouting <laughs> off conspiracy theories to anybody who finds themselves in the unfortunate position of being his passenger. He spends his nights spying on Julia Roberts' attorney, Alice Sutton, while she pushes herself too hard on the treadmill for his taste. But when Jerry is kidnapped and forced to watch cartoons with his eyes eyelids taped open by Dr. Jonas, played by Patrick Stewart, Jerry is convinced that all his paranoia is realer than he could have ever predicted. Jerry teams with Alice to expose the now-defunct MKUltra operation, and a weird quasi-romance develops between the two as Jerry shows her where he keeps his tapioca and his secret shine to her. I want to show you something. The tapioca uh, shit, I watched this with my boyfriend, and he kept being like, oh, what do you think's really in there? And I was like, I think it's going to be tapioca, honey. I might have let Morgan down because the first time I saw this, I thought he was eating mayonnaise, which is disgusting. <laughs> so I sold this to Morgan as like, this guy eats jars of mayonnaise in this movie. He locks up mayonnaise in a fridge like it's a safe. Didn't let okay, me down. Also, but still, tapioca we, is crazy. <laughs> first of all, I can't believe that you didn't ask Jake to be on this one but secondly because <laughs> <laughs> like truly I was like oh he must be talking to Jake and I was like oh no it says Morgan okay weird. He, wanted, he wanted Broken Arrow so I gave him Broken Arrow so Morgan fucking funny this one it's, so. it's wild hey also I did, never had seen this movie before but I did like grow up watching too much TV so I was very familiar with like the poster etc that poster does not convey who this character is in any way shape or form no. I got like that poster is kind of like the Air Force 
one poster, it's kind of like, he's a strong man. And it's like immediately, like, I I know that Mel Gibson is like a, is a uh, bad yeah. person, but I will say like, kind of like with the beaver, like what <laughs> a weird, unhinged, like good, like Look, what a, like he wanted to play this fucking loser. Mel Gibson is an incredibly talented man who happens to be really anti-Semitic and pretty awful. He's a really great director and yeah, he's a fucking incredible actor. And it does, doesn't it feel like especially squicky because <laughs> like this movie kind of brushes against some of the things that he like might personally believe. You know, it, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of <laughs> like watching Manhattan. Like I can, um, I can watch Purple Rose, but. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I just want to start. This movie is a little wackier than I think anyone probably would guess from the trailer, from the poster, like you said. Poster. I don't know. Were either one of you prepared for how uh, no. wonky and just kind of wacky? This movie is? is fucking wild. <laughs> I, I had to fast forward through some scenes on the plane because I was worried that someone next to me was going to have like an epileptic <laughs> seizure. I was literally trying to like cover, like, I, I covered the screen when it's like his eyelids are taped open and they're just flashing all this strobing imagery i'm just like i gotta get through this scene dude sometimes i, I thought like maybe this was gonna be an american psycho thing where he mm -hmm. was just making shit up uh mm -hmm. in his head you would but it's I, not the case i think that there's like a like i think that you could pretty easily just like remake this movie with andy samberg and it wouldn't play any different <laughs> <laughs> like when he's like like getting away from them in the wheelchair like <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is It's one of the now? most. It doesn't at all explain to you the plot. It just tries to like get you in this guy's head. So people are out to get him because, okay, also he's so nuts. Like people at the courthouse just like know who he is because <laughs> he's like constantly like taking his lunch breaks, harassing Julia Roberts. He's just stalking Julia Roberts' character. She's so she used to there. him. Yeah. No, he, he like has like little jokes with the like, security guards. Yeah, no, he, let's say he's introduced, he's a cabbie. So this man is introduced over opening credits with a title it's like, like a the, huge montage yeah yeah the yeah font, i like the credits the font that is used <laughs> and the jazzy kind of score that's used feels a little at odds with the movie uh, a little it's an odd tone i don't know if the script that was written by a uh, very prolific writer brian helglin who the same exact year as this is nominated for an oscar and a razzie He's nominated for LA Confidential and then a Razzie for The Postman. He uh. also wrote Man on Fire, Mystic River, and he directed A Knight's Tale and Payback. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I don't know if he intended to write maybe a more serious thriller. It's just Mel Gibson literally so, like careful. driving around. He, this man is driving reckless even for New York. Yeah. <laughs> this man has, has definitely done hit and runs. He's or just he, not watching the road. He's not. He has hit someone and not even realized it probably. And then he's just like rattling like one of like hundreds. I swear, like I wonder how many conspiracy theories are in that opening. Like semen samples underneath the ice <laughs> rink at Rockefeller Center. <laughs> There's cum in the walls. <laughs> you ladies want to hear something? He's telling a bunch of nuns. He's like, "There's cum all over this city. You don't even know it though. If you took it's a black just... light to this city." <laughs> It's so wild. And it's like, that's like establishing the movie and his character is just a montage of him rattling different crazy. My favorite one is later theories. on when he says that the Grateful Dead are the CIA. And I was like, that's, I've never heard that one. That's interesting. That British sick, spies. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Well, British spies. Sorry, also, he like, like double O British spies. Don't um, cab drivers have to like leave their cab in some kind of station that he just takes his <laughs> home with them? He has no he's, like, he's gone off rogue. Seat. That's a yeah. really good point. Jerry's gone rogue. <laughs> He's also, the first Uber driver. This man's not even making any money. <laughs> I, I kind of think that's the case. <laughs> yeah, and then he like pulls up rent. to like a bunch of like 
black street performers that do the bucket thing and starts like honking his horn at they're doing like street slam stuff they're like doing that what was it like the trash can like yeah stop 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 yeah, slam, yeah. whatever stop. Trash. Same shit. you guys in slam <laughs> they're doing the stomp thing on like in times square and he fucking splashes him in the water like an <laughs> asshole and it's like oh it's jerry but the way that the way that he backs his car up into the other car to clear <laughs> a space for him to park, dude, I want to do that every night of my life. Trying to park <laughs> in my neighborhood, I fantasize about just ramming a car yeah. back and parking in a space that's been taken up, like two spaces that have been taken up by one car. So, listen, props to Jerry for doing that. Jerry's like, fuck these people. Speaking uh, of Jerry, did anyone catch the name that it says like on the back of the cab? If you're looking at the plexiglass no. and it has the cab driver's name in his picture, it has a photo of Mel Gibson and it says. His name is Rafi Palulian. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did not see that. It's, uh, that's what it says. So he like, this isn't his cat. <laughs> he I'm killed like, some man named Rafi. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so he's just driving for no money under a fake name. <laughs> just to be heard. Here's a thing that like, I hate to admit, like kind of worked on me, even though he is high key stalking Julia Roberts. When he like goes to her apartment the first time that we see and is like watching her on the treadmill and you realize they're listening to the same radio station. And then it zooms in on her so much, but there's like the blinds mm-hmm. that it actually looks fucking sick. I was like, yeah. okay, this this part rules. This movie looks good. Like, he's watching that her from is, his car. <laughs> What he's doing is like incredibly creepy. Yeah, yeah. He might as well just be checking well, and that's before, I know. He's just watching her and she's just running like pretty regularly on the treadmill. I don't think she's doing anything that extreme. She's mm. just running and he's like, why do you do that? Why do you push yourself like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then this is like before we know that they know each other. Then when he keeps returning, I'm just like, I bet she kind of knows you do this sometimes, dude. Like the role that the song, the song plays in this movie is crazy. Yeah, it's like, come on, 10 things I hate about you is going to be just around the corner. Maybe we should forget about it. (laughs) Some cab driver listening to Can't Take My Eyes Off You while he jacks off to a window on the wrong side of the road (laughs) with his fare still running. I'm closed. Well, that's funny. At one point, isn't he talking to himself? And he says, like, I'm talking yeah. to myself. There's no one in the cab. As if that's the craziest part of his day. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Fuck, you're talking to yourself again. And then, Come like, on, snap okay, here's my question. What the fuck is his apartment? Yes, of course, it's, like, he, decorated really weirdly. But also, like, it's weird. He might as well live in, like, a storage somewhere. But, like... He doesn't. Well, go he also the front do- door. he doesn't go through the front door. He does something that, in my opinion, would probably make him way more noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you saw a guy that lived in the building doing this every day, just doing like, that every day. This guy just comes barreling up to the apartment, crashes into another car, <laughs> and then, like, scales the side of the building, <laughs> and shatters a window to get yeah. to his apartment. Be the like, landlord, hey man, can you not? <laughs> I do. We talked about this. <laughs> when he scales it the first time i'm like oh is he like a lame white conspiracy ghost dog and i'm like oh no he like actually paints right here no you can't you can't go home the same way twice i mean yeah yeah his apartment is crazy and it's also a, very well it, organized it's like, he has like 17 chaos. copies of catcher in the rye yeah he yep. does i have that copy i have that edition of it too i realize the one that yeah it's has. like the cool one he has a bunch of catcher in the rise because apparently when he was kidnapped and 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 fed LSD by MK Ultra back in the day, they were like, you need to buy Catcher in the Rye every time you see it, <laughs> which is really, I don't know how that Yeah, like the Salinger own. estate is behind. Yeah, the Salinger <laughs> estate is like teamed with MK Ultra. Like we need But like that's, because like you don't know that he has that past until much, 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 much later. Like 
for most of the movie, you just think he's like a lunatic. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's driving around like a lunatic. And I will say that I think Gibson kind of plays him in a way that's like ultimately really endearing and like mm-hmm. you feel you feel bad for the guy. He's but he's also a big fucking guy. I mean, if this is, dude was like, <laughs> if this guy was coming at me with some of that, I'd be like, hey, man, you seem like a nice guy. I'm like, I, I can't. <laughs> <do that."> <laughs> okay, but then like my favorite part, like the, <laughs> the best part of the movie is eventually like he's targeted for real, like kind of in some ways, like, like yeah, his greatest fear or like like biggest hope comes true and like <laughs> he's targeted goodness. and they yes. kidnap him but he doesn't know which of the crazy things that he believes yeah, when he like that is that's the like what was i right about one? i got a lot of stuff cooking right now so you got to be a little more specific <laughs> which theory but i just want to really quick before we get to that i do want to just say really quick because his apartment is crazy but the craziest part is that his refrigerator he treats like a safe he locks up his fridge with a deadbolt and he keeps like tin canisters of coffee and and tapioca and tapioca pudding in there which he just there's a montage of him with the same jazzy score but he's just downing a whole thing of tapioca (laughs) pudding and reading the newspaper and highlighting things he thinks could be weird yeah nasa no way this is what i was saying about it it's incredible what you can achieve when you put your mind to it yeah he's like coffee's our friend this man stays up all night chugging coffee. like he's kind of like the same character in limitless but without the drug like he's able to just to like do it. Exactly. he never got yeah. the limitless drug <laughs> yeah if he got the yeah. limitless drug though this man would take down everybody <laughs> but yeah he is so he's he does show up at, at at julia roberts uh work a lot she is an attorney for the government she's like a government attorney uh, he basically just shows up there like sweating like a pig, just telling her that mm-hmm. NASA wants to assassinate the president. And she's like, all right, Jerry, that's, that's crazy, cool. man. Yeah. But they're they're trying to make this movie funny, right? They are. They, they are, right? That's where I was really kind of like confused because you, you, they're, they're playing at comedy. And so is Mel Gibson a lot. And I'm kind of like, I don't know what to think of this. Mel Gibson's <laughs> as I'm watching going it. like full retard with it. Like this yes. man is not yeah, no, challenged. That's... He's a victim. Right. Which makes it has fried so... his brain. That's what I'm like torn between like, does Mel Gibson <laughs> have compassion for this man and he's playing him compassionately? Or is he just like, this guy's a fucking nut. <laughs> I know. I'm play him like a nut. Well, and like, to, for me, what made it like really funny is because of the comment that you made about the way that he plays it. The first scene that they get like actually together, not just him spying on her, which is just a crazy sentence anyway. When he leaves the room, she kind of gives like to the camera, like kind of like a, hmm. I'm like, so they're like, right. like she's she's kind of thinking about mm. fucking this guy like no, she loves not. the nutty ones there's no single guys in new york except yeah, for yeah, jerry. Yeah. it's like she's not thinking about fucking jerry Her girlfriends you should give jerry a shot yeah, fuck jerry jerry really likes you <laughs> yeah 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 he's a nice he's guy nice when you get to know him he has a stable job like, he, so like they're like for for as like much as like Denzel like as much as like Denzel and Julia have sexual chemistry, but they like decide to bury it. I would say that it's pretty impossible to have chemistry with Cherry in this movie. Like I'm not saying that there's Mel no Gibson, way to have chemistry with this man. Someone should have been like maybe they'll just be friends. Maybe she'll yeah. just be like his mother or something where she's like I'll yeah. help you it's really shoehorned in and it makes her character look nuts yes. <laughs> it makes her character seem so fucking crazy her, like, her kind of like character backstory just does not get serviced in the least bit I mean maybe some of the backstory but just like her general point of view I'm like what does this yeah. woman believe she likes horses 
Yeah. Loves horses. Horses. It's been a while. She's a grown-up horse girl who became a government attorney. And her only viable romantic option in this city is a fucking mentally ill cab driver. But yeah, his paranoia comes true because he is taken in. Have you guys seen Marathon Man? Mm. Uh, it's been so long but marathon Marathon man kind of vibe where patrick stewart's kind of channeling like Lawrence olivier in that as the very sinister cia operative who was a doctor who i think is basically like a thinly veiled version of Sidney gottlieb who was the head of the cia and started mk ultra it is interesting to watch this because i watched it two years ago because i was reading a lot of stuff about the cia and mk ultra it's really fascinating and i like had wanted to write something about it so i was just watching anything that had to do with them and this slipped in and i was (laughs) like well this isn't maybe research but it's fun so it was funny to watch it because i was like this is basically a comedy about a very real thing which is that there are a lot of people who were experimented on in the fucking Mm -hmm. 50s and 60s who were forever altered and their lives were just completely destroyed by the cia just being like yeah we don't know what lsd really does but what if we just kept feeding it to them and Mm. this really awful evil shit i don't know if you watch wormwood on Netflix, the mm-hmm. Errol, Errol Morris series. It's great. Yeah. It's okay. really fucking good, but it's about that. But it's basically treating this guy <laughs> like he's just like a goofball. They're just like, oh, there's Jerry. And I think there could have been something interesting about that because there is something about saying like, oh, that crazy person you see on the streets running around shouting shit. Isn't crazy. Might actually have something really real that that's rooted Cycling in. Cycling through that's them. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. sad because that was I don't. But this movie people, does but... not believe that. <laughs> I don't really no. know what this movie believes. That's the thing. I think it's a, I think it thinks it's a romantic comedy. That's yeah, it does. I think it, it thinks it's an espionage romance. I think it thinks that it's it like thinks it's night and day. With <laughs> I was gonna say what I think that it is is like mentally challenged North by Northwest. It's like born identity meets taxi driver. What if it was if, born identity, but he's retarded? Exactly. Yeah. What if what if instead of Matt Damon, it was the brother from There's Something About Mary? What if it was to me, like, honestly, like, one of the most amazing things about this movie is that, like, it doesn't kind of carry a reputation of, like, you have to see it to believe it. It's so fucking unhinged. Like, because it really is one of the craziest, like, premised movies that we have ever seen. Like, we haven't even talked about how he, like, even though he's, again, kind of a fucking doofus, like, gets away, even though, like, all these henchmen have him tied up and he, like, back- bites Patrick Stewart's nose and he, like, falls down the staircase backwards. Like, <laughs> he, like, gets away. Like, it's like Mr. It's like Magoo. A, it's like a Zucker Brothers uh, yeah. set piece where he's just, like, wheeling himself down a dark hallway with his eyelids taped open. Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and at what, one point he knocks fuck? a guy out a window and then he just goes he's flying he's flying yeah 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 that was the point where i was kind of just like hands on my head like what like, is like what's crazy is they give him lsd in that scene but i'm like you've already fried this man no they wouldn't give I, maybe more they LSD. That it would like come back it's basically the manchurian candidate but they just can't like reawaken him they're yeah, like, that's what I think. Fried. He's like, we, no, I'm not. I'm. He doesn't fried. have like a trigger that sets him off where he's yeah. like, now I will like complete my mission. They're just like trying to figure out what the triggers and they're like, we think he's too fried. We think this yeah. man's like completely gone. He's eating a lot of pudding. No yeah. one believe him anyway, but they somehow are like, no, this guy. Exactly. Is no one <laughs> would fucking believe this guy. He no. has. And like one of my favorite scenes is when she's like asking him how many subscribers he has to his newsletter, which we need to single out and use Max. And he's like five. <laughs> yeah, I was like wondering, I was like, does this guy have a podcast today that like five people listen to? That- he has a podcast and he's a very active like Reddit user. Yeah. Like he probably believed in like the Wayfarer shit. Mm-hmm. He started <laughs> like, like, well, we like, need also- the Jim Caviezel version of this today where he's yeah. trying to he's trying to stop child trafficking through Wayfair. They know. 
Well, also, like, it is a movie that, like, because it's set in New York, you constantly see the Twin Towers. And, like, it is a movie. And, again, I just can't believe that Jake's not here right now. (laughs) Um, Is it, like, it is a movie that just, like, cannot get made today because you could not do a conspiracy theory movie, like, with the Twin Towers just, like, looming over the background of the whole thing. It's just, like, so funny because now that's the thing that would be the center of the movie. But it's just, like, unspoken of because we didn't know. Like, there are genuine conspiracies that are rooted in, in truth. There are things that have to do with really crazy shit especially involving the CIA that people that's why I get so frustrated with like Q people are like some of these conservatives I'm like there's real shit that you could actually be yeah it's like find something better that's actually real and affects people but you have somehow invented the dumbest fucking thing that is filled <laughs> with holes that is going to just destroy your relationship with your family right instead of just being like oh yeah there's a lot of really horrible corruption out there that we could actually focus on <laughs> but they're like no 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 Donald Trump is the only because they want something like kind of sexier or more like I don't know. I think that people just they feel that they need to connect to something that's like bigger than Mm -hmm. them. I really don't know what gets people going down like that route. You know what I mean? Not like the shit with MKUltra, which was looked at as a conspiracy theory for a long time until all the papers were actually publicly leaked. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit. And also the writer, like the writing of this movie to me, to me makes me think that they don't really fully understand what this character is or what they're trying to do because there's a lot of contradictions with his conspiracies. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way that this guy thinks that Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK. Like, I'm sorry. Right, no. Like, he basically goes along with it. He's like, yeah, you're right. He did. That's the one that's true. Yeah, no. Um, And you're like, there's no way. Like... (laughs) This guy would no. not believe that. I do love that he says that Oliver Stone is a CIA op and a spokesman. For the <laughs> that was funny. That's really incredible. So it's it's a little confusing what he actually believed, even though I know he's not all there. I honestly think one of the craziest things in this movie is that Patrick Stewart's character decides to eat lunch at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of fucking lunatic would choose to sit here and have it's a good. meal? Yeah, there's, there's a scene with him and Julia Roberts in the cafeteria. It's a weird scene. It's bizarre. Have you had the jello? Well, then it's also so funny because, like, right before, like, Mel Gibson is like, You're looking for someone that has his nose bitten on. <laughs> yeah, then he turns around and, and reveals that he has his nose bitten off, and she's like, Oh my God, this guy's right. I mean, but see, like, things like that, and also, like, the whole time that he's being chased through the city in the movie theater, and the agents are repelling. Uh, from the helicopter the whole time yeah. he's carrying his fucking pretzel in his hand that he just bought <laughs> and i'm just like this I'm fucking hungry. guy <laughs> so i was like why would the cia just have a fucking helicopter drop in the middle of a busy intersection in new york and just have operatives just like spilling out of this helicopter to chase somebody yeah like, you're telling like what do you do also this movie posits basically they're like the cia is 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 evil but the fbi they're the good guys they're they're the, they're they're the good ones <laughs> Like, it's so confused over what it's trying to say. I do like that character, though. The black FBI agent? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's oh, yeah, he's sick. Like, because he's he wants to fuck like, Julia Roberts. Him. Yeah, yes, he's he super does. horny. He basically, like, wants to fuck Julia Roberts. Oh, I do kind of like the scene where, like, it's like, oh, we should have gotten a car chase. And she's like, I don't feel right. like it. <laughs> I, th- right. I actually thought that was funny. <laughs> we got to kill this guy. He's a spook. Yeah, he pulls up, the FBI agent, like, pulls up beside them. And he's like, hey, do you want to get dinner? And Mel Gibson's like, he's like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, he gets all, he gets all like cut. Don't touch her. <laughs> and then he like, yeah, he he gets like really possessive with her. Okay, so then the twist is that you find out we're supposed to think that, that he was supposed he to kill her dad. Or he did. They try to say that he did. That's what they think. Yeah. No, he, but he didn't. Right. And but they try to sell it like he did. I, w- I think they should have just kept it that he did and he just didn't know. What yeah, me too. Him. Like they should right. have just Because, kept like, that. yeah, 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 exactly. I think so too. But I think that, like, it needs to be 
soft on them because it's fried. so weird that they have chemistry <laughs> anyway. So, but right. also this this movie does this really funny thing that again, like I just think you put like Andy Samberg and like just fucking someone but like Allison Brie in it or whatever. And it's just like, cause like even though that they know that like they're getting chased and people are after them and they know the truth, they're kind of getting in these stupid fights. Like he's like, I love you. And she's like, well, I don't love you. And he's like, fine. And then he like leaves the subway. That happens like three times where they separate for like personal reasons. And it's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up and just stick together, you fucking idiots. I mean, it's probably a lot to stick with this guy. It's probably very draining. <laughs> so he's so much... His apartment, yeah, but for sure, but he would for sure take a bullet for you. You know what I mean? It's like stay around him because he will build human shield because he's (laughs) he's dumb for you. He loves you. Did you notice that um, when they're on the bus, when like he tells her like sends her the flowers and it's like take the first bus, you know, and he ties the suspension of the car to the whatever cart they're in the middle of the scene he's wearing a yankees hat and at some point mm-hmm. during the scene they, the continuity just cuts that he's just no longer wearing the hat and it just <laughs> like never took that. it off they just cut to the reverse and the hat's just gone and i'm like I the editor it. was like fuck it just kept who cares kept it off the whole scene yeah then he like pops up in the back or like he's like been hiding in julia roberts car all day at one point when he escaped yes. from the hospital and i was like he's probably just been like cooking in the back of her car like farting for all day, all day. <laughs> like, all just that hot boxing her car yeah. finally you're here <laughs> yeah, she gets in her car oh what the fuck he does yeah. he does hey. look good in scrubs though doesn't he he looks like a legit yeah. doctor i will say yeah he does yeah. Look like and the other doctor's like i'm sorry who the fuck are you <laughs> you know, know me you. hey man i've never seen you before sure you have yeah and then when he goes to her apartment he's like you gotta close these blinds you don't know what kind of creeps are out there watching you i thought that when they find out so so to your what you were talking about max about like they frame it that it was him that killed her dad she's so chill after finding out this information like the literally the next scene where the pizza gets delivered she has her legs up on the desk i was like kind of a weird choice okay the whole pizza thing is so funny too that like there's like a bug hitting Dude, it is so fucking funny. I was like, again, like that felt like it was like you would think he would be, be like a screwball comedy. He's, he's pretty oh, like sure. crafty, but like you would think. But also, like he's hungry. He is very hungry. Listen, he's like he's so fucking hungry. So he's like eating he's the thing. He's getting a lot of cardio running thing. all over the city, man. He's fucking hungry. I don't have a gym membership. I just run all day and night. I run. I run. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The by the end of it, it kind of lost me just because I was like, I I had fun with so much of it, even if it was like silly. It's it's kind of driven by them just giving really fully committed performances and Donner just being like, again, like a really just like sturdy hand. Well, and also, like, it, like knowing how to guide it, except it gets for more sentimental. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it gets weird. too sentimental at the end. Where like I actually was pretty much like with it, just to be like, I don't know, like when you hang out with like someone that's like kind of nuts, like in a, in a group, and just be like, I don't know, I kind of want to see what they're gonna do next. Like right. you don't go home with that person, but you like want to, you're like you just like, watch out of curiosity. I'm like, I don't know, I didn't think he was gonna bat, bite Patrick Stewart's nose. I didn't think he was only gonna eat tapioca. Like there's so many things <laughs> I had no idea that could happen that I was kind of like, I'm in. And then it's it just like my dad, my dad, you, my dad. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> so did you connect the dots that the guy who gives him the newspaper is a fed? No. no. So in the beginning, when he pulls up and he splashes those guys, and there's two the two guys playing the drums, and there's one right. guy in a wheelchair with a stack of newspapers. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He uh-huh. was a plant. 
in the end of the movie when he's in the car, the oh. one guy from the FBI. Yeah, oh, God. So wait, is the FBI the trying to get like free contract work? Is nuts. Yeah, did the, the credits? The last scene of this movie yeah. is actually the craziest part of the movie. The fact that he was like, let's end on that. <laughs> the movie ended and I was just sitting there watching and the Frankie Valley song is playing and then it transitions into the Fuji's cover. Yes. Oh, yeah. And oh, Lauren Hill's like, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> conspiracy theory. Why? Uh, yeah. Why? Uh, uh. I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucking glad I didn't hit exit like from this video. <laughs> I, I love that they got Lauren Hill too to do that. It's crazy. Uh, have you read the thing that Proz is a CIA operative? No. no, there's a like, I guess there's like a very credible thing that Proz is actually a CIA op, which makes the Lauren Hill connection even fucking funny. Holy shit. <laughs> Patrick Stewart being drowned with a mop is pretty tight. Yeah. Stewart's great. Stewart's just, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's great in Green Room when he plays a villain in there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Patrick Stewart, he's, he's a great actor. He seems like a really fucking cool guy, too. He's very funny in extras. But yes. like, so we think that he's dead, but we know that he's not. Jerry. Right. Yeah. Jerry. Because he gets, he like takes the bullet and then he gets put in a helicopter and then it's like his grave and then fresh she's all grave. like weepy. Yeah. yeah. Super fresh grave. He's I don't think he would be like, able to stay silent. I don't think this guy would be able to live a life like Well, well no, he already gave her like a coin. It's like, <laughs> like wait a week, my dude, or like whatever it was. It's just like, so when can I be reunited with her? Well, that FBI yeah, guy yeah, is yeah. like, he, he's like, don't even think about it. He's like, for now, anyway. Like, he's like, he literally backs off. He's like, you can make chat to her. Give it like a week or two weeks. What about yeah. 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, yeah, did, you, did you send her a box of pudding? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> There's a lot of Gibson movies from the 90s. I, I really, I've never seen Braveheart. I've just never really had any desire to. You were, oh, I've seen Braveheart. Have you seen Forever Young? That movie's funny. No, it's an accident. Um, it sounds funny. Um, I just watched the first two Mad Max movies for the first time. I'd never seen them. I don't like the first Mad Max. I think they're fine. I'm not like a Mad Max person, I don't think. I'm a lethal weapon person. That's probably like his oh, 90s yeah. thing. That's but I'm like, like yeah. he's so fucking good in those movies. He's so totally fucking good in not, those. They both are. Yeah. I have not seen a lot of his films. Have you seen the Lethal Weapon movies? No. Oh, dude, you, they're oh. so good. The first two are like perfect. Yeah, they are. Um, I haven't seen three. Four is actually kind of fun. That's the one with, with Jet Li and, and Joe Pesci. Okay, um, I see. Oh, I've never seen the other Donner movie. He did Maverick. I very much remember seeing Oh, I definitely have seen Maverick. My mom was like a big Gibson person. He I don't. It, I yeah. do not remember him giving an uncredited cameo as himself in Casper. Isn't he the voice of John Smith in Pocahontas? Sure. Is he? Ransom. Very much remember. Oh, I for sure have seen. Ransom's the kind pa- of fun. The Patriot. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't wear. I don't. Jason Isaacs is so sick in that movie. He's, He's always so good. Love Jason He's Isaacs. always good. Yeah. Uh, we were soldiers. Never seen, mm. it. seen it. I've seen tough, it. Tough, tough watch. Chris Klein takes a few bullets to the chest in that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking signs. He's great. Yeah. He's fucking gone after, after well, signs, yeah. after signs, he does uh, the passion of the Christ. And then he, you know, goes on his rampage and uh, I've never seen apocalypse. I've heard it's really good though. Me either. He's a good director. Uh, like Hacksaw Ridge is well-directed. It's fucking really cheesy and it's so violent. And knowing that he directed it makes it even kind of darker. <laughs> uh-huh. Every battle scene, it was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. There were so many bodies just getting split in half and like ripped open. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I never saw that. It just, the trailer just made it look like just simple Jack. 
I brought it up earlier, but like I think <laughs> The Beaver is a good movie, and I think his performance the is Beaver's incredible. Not bad. The Beaver's not. The bad. Beaver's not bad. I don't care about Jennifer Lawrence's like uh, graffiti art side side plot. I don't remember that one, but it's actually really funny. Do you remember when they actually, did the maybe... Beaver trailer with his voicemails? <laughs> Every time the Beaver talked, to you, he's like, "You look like a bitch in heat." I just still can't believe that that's not more well known. Like I feel like a lot of my friends don't know of that. About Mel Gibson's like ranting about his voicemails to his wife. They're worse than Alec Baldwin calling his daughter a little piggy, oh, which yeah. I also think is bad. Both but like they're kind of great. funny because he's just so they're like both drunk pretty funny. and like fucking. Yeah, mean. you're just like Jesus, dude. So I, I like most upset. Like I don't think I could say the things that Mel Gibson. And really then he does. says, he says, "You should blow me because it's what I deserve." I deserve to be blown first before the fucking jacuzzi. Burn the goddamn house down, but blow me first. <laughs> um, so sad. Like, blow me. That's a really want... sad thing to say. Yeah, I deserve really... it. He's like, that's that's a really I'm sad thing to say. You're right. Yeah, so he had some crazy shit. I remember when we were talking about Joe Esterhaus that he wrote in his book because they were boys in the '90s. That apparently at one point, one night, Mel Gibson bent over to Joe Esterhaus and like spread open his asshole. No. And said, you see this? This is for shitting, not for fucking. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> like, if I was Joe I'd be like, oh, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even gay. I don't know what you want from I me. I gotta man. go. <laughs> you gotta get out of my house. <laughs> it would have been funny if the only controversial thing he ever did was get pulled over by the cops when he was drunk driving in yeah. Malibu. Because before he went on the rampage about the, the rant about Jews causing all the wars in the world or whatever and the Holocaust not being real. Yeah, no, my he dad told pulled me. over and the first thing he did was roll down the window and it was a woman cop and he just turned around and said, good evening, sugar tits. <laughs> If that's all he did, he probably <laughs> would have be... been like a hero. It would have been like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sugar tits. <laughs> I'm under arrest. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. And then unprompted to a cop, you like, you know, all the Jews caused the wars in the world. And you're like, like, buddy, nothing even prompted you. We to should go to that, that bar next time I'm in LA. Like, let's all to go together. What bar? Wasn't it? Well, the bar that he was drinking at before that incident happened. In Malibu? I don't, I don't know what yeah. that is. <laughs> I thought he was just at home drinking. No, I think he was drinking at a bar in Malibu and then got pulled I'm over. <laughs> they have a sign on the wall. This is where Mel Gibson got drunk before he went on a random. <laughs> he was here. Yeah, that also just ties back, just to, to finish this up, it does tie back that apparently on the set of this movie, Mel Gibson hosted a seminar for gay and lesbian filmmakers. This was largely to counter what? any perception of him being anti-LGBT, following some huff-collar remarks in the press and the controversial scene in Braveheart in which the gay young prince is unceremoniously killed. <laughs> You need oh. to Wait, what did control. he say to the press about gay people in the 90s? Probably. That would get him super canceled today. <laughs> he says it in a press release. Like, could you just imagine, like, out of nowhere, like, any of the Chris's? <laughs> like, you know, like, how canceled they would be? If any would say it, it'd be Pratt. If there was leaked audio of him saying that's for shitting. It's a sin. <laughs> it's a shit. It's for shitting, not fucking. <laughs> I read something the other day just about the Avengers thing. And apparently Jeremy Renner hated being in the Avengers so much. He kept getting food. Like he would keep making himself sick or saying he had food poisoning so that he couldn't show up to set. And he was like, please just kill me. And they wouldn't kill him off. He was like, please, I'm begging you to kill me. Wow. <laughs> I don't think, I, I think if, if we had a Mel Gibson today, they are keeping a lid on. Yeah, they, we don't know. They're, they're we just don't know. I mean, I guess Shia has said some pretty. It's a good. And they're friends. They're buds. Apparently people are complicated and people make mistakes. 
But if you say the kind of shit Mel Gibson said, I'm kind of like, that's in you, man. (laughs) That's a part of you. That's a part of who you are. Oh, yeah. Nobody asked you to say this. Yeah. (laughs) You volunteered that information. Literally nothing prompted you to say this. Good evening, sugar (laughs) tits. I hope they put that on his grave. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? No, I think I got it all out, but I had a lot of notes for this one because it really was just like a carnival ride. You, you must be spooks, huh? Spooks? CIA spooks, right? Say something, will you? Please. Well, I was right. What? What was, what was I right about? I, was, I wasn't right about it. No, I wasn't right. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was. You guys are from NASA. That's right, you're from NASA. No, oh, come on, fellas. No, not the eyes. Apparently, according to Richard Donner, Mel Gibson improvised the opening scene where he can where he expounds his conspiracy theory. Nice. What do you think got cut? <laughs> not the calm one. Yeah. Um, another thing to tell you how crazy Mel Gibson is, an int- as an introductory prank to his leading lady, Mel Gibson famously dispatched a gift wrap freeze-dried rat to Julia Roberts prior to the commencement of the shoot. That's not like a joke. Just Come on, it's funny, bitch. Laugh. <laughs> <Wow. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Laugh, sugar tits. <laughs> like, that's not funny. It's like, you know, like the Clooney ones are like all funny. Like Clooney's the prankster that she deserved. And like, she had to like do Mel first. <laughs> Mel Gibson. I signed you a copy of Mein Kampf. Uh, <laughs> it's a prank. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't really know, man. Anyway, God, we should have done the Another Richard Donner movie we have to do is Assassins with Stallone and... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Antonio Banderas, where the famous gif comes from of Antonio Banderas sitting back. Oh, God. When you actually see it in the movie, too, it's even better. That's a great I, movie. Oh, Morgan, that sounds... feels like a movie you would have seen as a kid. You didn't see Richard Donner's timeline with Paul Walker and Gerard Butler? Oh, my God. What? But, I'm writing that. Oh, my God. You, you just leave right now? They're brothers. <laughs> who are, they basically are sent back in time to, like, save somebody, and they go back to medieval times. But it's Paul Walker. Like, oh, no. shit. <laughs> Thou protest too much. <laughs> yeah, this movie is the winner of two Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. Or no, sorry, it's the winner of three. It swept the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. It won Best Actor in a Suspense Movie, Best Actress in a Suspense Movie, and Best wow. Supporting Actor in a Suspense Movie. Imagine how long that <laughs> telecast was. Uh, this movie did very well, actually. This movie cost okay. $80 million and it made $137 million worldwide. It was released wow. in the summer. So it was a hit. Yeah. Anyway, critics gave it a 57%. So a little higher than Pelican Brief. I mean, no one really like hated this movie. That's funny to me. Cause like, to me, this one is such an easy target where Pelican Brief is just like a little sleepy sometimes. But this to me is just so fucking funny. Like, again, I want a remake of starring Andy Samberg. And- I want the Redbox original with Caviezel. That's the one I want <laughs> personally. Uh, what is this movie out now that you feel like is... Sound of Freedom? You haven't heard of Sound of Freedom? Yeah. Oh, man. I it's, saw it when I was like looking at It's an mo- independently like financed movie that was sold to Fox in 2018 and it was shelved when Disney bought Fox. And now it just got released by a studio called Angel Studios. It's basically Jim Caviezel. It's like a QAnon thriller about Jim Caviezel. It's supposed to be a true story about a guy who like helped save a bunch of children from child traffickers. But okay. there's not a lot of truth to back it up. And it's like the whole thing how like a lot of right wing people are like obsessed with child trafficking. A thing that's like real and obviously a problem, but like they've made it into this thing where they're like, it is like a global fucking Yeah, and thing. it's happening at like pizza places. Yeah, right. it's like the pizza gay shit, all this fucking crazy shit. But the movie's made like almost $100 million and it's had oh, wow. all just word of mouth thing it's from Jim Caviezel. Or... Yeah, oh yeah, it's Caviezel. Anyway. But is he a QAnon person? Yeah, he's a weird guy. 
Oh, really? He looks weird. He was a really good bad. actor, man. Yeah. Great actor. Great actor. Great in Thin Red Line. And I didn't know he was like a weirdo. Frequency. Yeah, yeah Frequency great, is great. Great actor that just went off the deep end. I don't know. I didn't so, know that at all about him. No, he's, he's Jesus from Mel Gibson. Okay. Kenneth Serrano of the LA Times said it might even have made a good film, but it hasn't. In the hands of stars in denial about their stardom and a director who can't be bothered to take things seriously, it has come out implausible and unsatisfying, a comic thriller that is not especially funny or thrilling. Charles Taylor Salon said, conspiracy theory doesn't know whether it wants to be a comedy, a political thriller, a romance, or a satire. Very true. That's true. Fair. I love this. Peter Drivers of Rolling Stone said, instead of a scalding brew of mirth and malice served black, Donner uh, settles up a tepid latte decaf. Tapioca. Hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Hunter, a.k.a. the author of Shooter, he said it is one of those soap bubbles of a film, fleeting, ephemeral, seemingly there when it is not. As you leave the theater, it diminishes with each step, collapsing into shards of imagery and sensations of movement. It's the film that never was. That's one of the worst what? things you could probably say about a movie. If That's someone said that I was made, I would be like, that sucks. But it also I'd rather someone memorable. be just like really angry. And finally, just so this is a good one. Christopher Nola, filmcritic.com said, I guess a Julia Roberts fetish can't overcome a crummy script and bad production values after all. Okay. I guess he's he like hoping she's reading it. Yeah. Hi, Julia. His sugar tits. <laughs> hey, sugar tits. <laughs> Julia Roberts getting a call while she's on the treadmill. Hello. Hey, sugar tits. MVP. I'd say Mel. Julia Roberts because she has to like somehow get through Pretend this that she film. wants to fuck this guy. Yeah. I really felt for her. And I, I was just trying to imagine like people watching the dailies and I'm like, what was even going through their minds? Like, what do you tell this person? Like, I don't know what her motives are. I don't even know what her objective is in half of these scenes. Yeah, just yeah, like, that is you're true. You're feeling a spark between you two. Something's happening. She you tell like, me why? what it is. <laughs> Am I the only one feeling this? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to imagine, though. Like, uh, Courtney, to your point, it was an, let's say it seems like an easy target. I'm trying to imagine like a pre 9 11 audience watching this film pre QAnon, pre social media. Yeah. It's like I don't even know how that feels. To this is what we had to be paranoid about. It was like we are either inventing paranoias or we're writing off the ones that were like legitimate mm-hmm. from the 60s and the 70s or you just get a bunch of like homegrown terrorist thrillers like Arlington Road and like blown away. Like that's kind of what was the scariest thing then. Um, yeah. Or just like anonymous Middle Eastern villains um, like pre-9-11 like executive decision or some shit like that. But mm-hmm. a lot more like domestic terrorism thrillers in oh, the yeah. 90s. I still have to say Mel because it's just like so nuts. <laughs> You're goddamn right sugar tits. Because like again he plays it so close to return that i just have to be like it's it's nuts and he's in like almost every scene he listen mel's committed and he and also like he he at this time was winning like winning like getting like sexiest man alive and like you know what i mean he's like a thought (laughs) i can't decide if he's good in this movie or not i know i was torn the whole time he looks like shit and he's like so not hot that i have to be like this is funny but i'm like are you doing a bit or are you i I yeah i think he's not doing a bit it's well it's just hard to know how he feels about the character or like if he's judging him or if he's like genuinely committed to just playing whatever's on the page or what donner's telling him to but like he's playing him like just like 
yeah, weird and like a doofus. He's not playing him like a genuinely like he has one he has scene no at his apartment. Of like he's it's after she asks him how many subscribers he has, and he's like five. He has like a breakdown about Catcher on the Rye that I think is like genuinely like a good moment for him because mm-hmm. he actually you see someone who is like just broken and mentally just so far gone. But that's really the only instance you get of it. Otherwise, it's him running around like, oh great, let's get out of here. I know. I think it's the so fun. like coming. yeah, it's like you're gonna do that for the whole movie. Like that's where you are the whole movie it's so not hot so i'm gonna say mal <laughs> donner you're in the pocket <laughs> i don't know i i guess i uh, julia does have to, to do some crazy shit maybe it's lauren hill maybe it's fucking <laughs> yeah uh, i mean honestly patrick stewart's good he's really yeah, good he's good he plays a good villain He's a good heavy. Honestly, my my uh, honorable mention for MVP is I forget the name of the actor who plays the like security guard of the building in the end, and he like lets them in when he turns on the lights. He's like, ah, there were desks here yesterday. I don't know what's going on. I got to talk to my supervisor. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked up. <laughs> yeah i don't even know if this is an auteur misfire oh i think it yeah but he's kind of a wacky director anyway but i would say like for sure this is not i don't think it like did what he intended to his, do his best yeah this is but that wacky. said i feel like this is a must watch like this is the like, oh, you I highly recommend don't go it. don't go another like if you're listening to this like week without like find it find some free time in your calendar and watch conspiracy watch theory. conspiracy theory. it will make you happy you know what? I'm also not a big Goonies guy, so I don't really like have like a weird I don't give a thing book about Goonies. I don't really care about the Goonies. Wow. I feel like Portland like over likes Goonies. Like so, shot there? Yeah. Or like at the beach or Ooh, yeah. And I'm just fuck. like, yeah, I don't think it's bad, but I think it's like that's a little, little uneven. It's fine. No, I, yeah. Yeah, I just don't have like the childhood nostalgia for it. I've never seen Scrooge with Bill Murray that he did. It's oh, great. you haven't? That movie rips. And then obviously Superman rocks. I've never seen The Omen either, the original. That movie is fucking you scary. Have it? Uh-uh. That's is it scary. Good? That's good. Scary. Yeah. That, that, that maybe is the best. Dude, Gregory Peck was such a man. Like, so hot. He was great. Just like, but like, oh, just like his the, career rip. Yeah. His career's like everywhere. I, my mom was like in love with Gregory Peck. I think he's a California boy. I think he's like. Is he? Born and raised, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he yeah. has that like chill yeah, that vibe before okay. it was like. Yeah, well, there was like, there are stories of him like driving into town for them to sh- start shooting uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, and he's like driving to town in a convertible, and women are just like screaming on the side of the street. I'm like, what a fucking man. Yeah, just showing that. Yeah, yeah, he probably he's ain't crazy. Oh, we know sure. that Mel doesn't. Gregory Peck, for sure. Yeah, we know Mel. I refuse. <laughs> he did, he I think Patrick it. Stewart does. <laughs> He let us know he refused. Yeah. Uh, no, that's my turn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I deserve I, it. I, I would say like I don't even know if he ever has. He just is scared. He doesn't know how, and so he's like turning. I just into think a he's rage. like I don't Thanks. want that. That doesn't make my dick feel good. <laughs> it's only juicy. <laughs> oh fuck all right all right yeah donner only did two movies in the 2000s timeline at 16 blocks but hey at least he went out with 16 16 blocks, blocks is tight it's low-key good it's it. rotten we can do it he died two years ago r.i.p richard donner from the bronx it, car from... bomb <laughs> <laughs> it was a conspiracy they found him with his eyelids fucking taped open and drowning yeah, I, I mean with the moments where his eyes are taped open he's oh, just screaming at the top of his lungs I it's know. just like oh. i was sitting there like this. <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> why don't people, yeah, like, why isn't this memefied? When I sent you all those screenshots of it before you watch it, all the YouTube videos are just like, they like use that image to be like, Mel Gibson was like the fall guy for Hollywood's child sex trafficking ring. You're lying. 
photo of him with his eyes like that. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, this movie's like a romantic comedy for like the Bjork stalker or like fucking yeah, you're the right. guy who tried to kill Reagan. It, this is like what he thought was going to happen with Jodie Foster when he was writing her all those letters. He's like, wow, we're going to hit it off. He's out and he's making music. Good for him. Oh, you know what I do think is funny? Like that line where they're like, first of all, like all assassins have like three names. And then secondly, they're like, isn't it crazy that the guy who like shot Lennon and the guy who shot someone else like Reagan had Catcher in the Rye? And I was like, no, it's like required reading. Like it's, it, a- that'd be like, that'd be like if you like one of like two of us killed someone, they were like, they both have copies of The Road. It's like, yeah, everyone wrote that book. Like, right. They both have The Giver. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Giver becomes the go-to book. They for have The Wine Bible. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> Today it would, it, yeah, it would just be like, oh my God, they have Fight Club. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it would be. Like, what is a book that everyone like bought? In my year restaurant. It's a bunch of serial killers have normal people for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Right before their Um, insult days, they try to like what the girls like. That's our conspiracy double feature with, I think, two two directors who aren't always, you know, up there with some of the other directors we're talking about. But I think especially Pakula, um, if you haven't seen a lot of his films, I would recommend a 70s run. Clute, Parallax View are both on Criterion Channel, I think, right now. I feel like All the President's Men is always kind of streaming. I mean, it's one of the better films ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. And if you want to see him do a fucking weird IRA drama with Brad Pitt with a bad Irish accent. The Devil's Own is on Netflix. Hmm, I might watch that after this. It's actually. like the Pelican Brief. You, it's just like a TNT afternoon movie. You throw it on. You're just like, okay. okay. I have to make an angel food cake after this, so I need to think of something to watch. Anyway, what are we doing next week? We're going to be doing, we're going to have two episodes next week. We split them up. We're going to be talking about Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. Our first Tim Burton. So movie. it's like another movie that I have such vivid memories watching as a child, but yeah. Haven't returned uh, to it. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Um, there are far worse Tim Burton or misfires, but I'm not going to subject Oh, yeah, to of those. course. But like, so, why would we do that to ourselves? Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows. We're going to skip those. We're going to do Mars Attacks because it's actually good. And then we'll be talking about Spielberg for the first time with the Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, Is that the one with Vince? That's the one with Vince. Hot. Morgan, you're such a good boy. And your dog looks like a good boy. (laughs) She's a girl. She's a good girl who loves good boys. Pepper doesn't. That's like like my dog's name is Topper and she gets misgendered all the time. (laughs) I feel like most people assume dogs are boys. Mm-hmm. I think I feel unless like they have a very specific like, look oh. if they're kind of fluffy it depends on the breed but yeah especially it's a like a dog how fun yeah. is your dog <laughs> my dog is like a Shiba Minpin so she's she's pretty like butch for a little girl she's in her basket right now she's not coming out oh, I okay. asked her to come out earlier and she said no <laughs> Morgan I would tell people to follow you but you got no fucking you hate online it. presence dog except for Venmo conspiracy theory player no you're on LinkedIn that's true I'm on LinkedIn you're on LinkedIn you like my Venmo payments that's the only time I know that you're alive that's so funny <laughs> he's out there he's watching on oh we forgot to mention sorry in conspiracy theory when he first gets home and he opens up um, a carton of uh, something and a roach comes crawling out mm-hmm. oh he yeah goes, he goes ugh return to sender oh and then he kills it with a spatula and then he hangs a spatula <laughs> and then he cooks his eggs with it <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does. He puts it, he, he like slides it into an old box of Chinese takeout and then he puts the spatula back up. It's disturbing. <sighs> it's disgusting. Okay. And as usual, thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify or any of those little podcast apps, drop us a little review. Rate us five stars. It all helps. It helps get the message out there. It spreads the word. And if you are listening to us on Patreon, we cannot thank you enough. We could not do this without you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And two broke waiters, two broke girls. But a very special thank you to our top subscribers, Royce Burke, Victoria Kruger, Andrea Ferris, ASR, Ben Beakey, Devin Hansen, Errol Sayino, 
Jeannie Anarell, Britton Chance, Constant Carino, Graham Redmond, Neil Fuller, Matthew Hayes, Alex Colpin, Brittany Barker, Brody Anderson, Eric Hockman, J.D. Yankowski, Madeline Dugan, Mary, Caitlin Koski, Nick Laskin, and Ryan Oliver. Thank you so much. And if you do want to subscribe, if you're looking for bonus episodes, if you're looking for more content, and you just want to help out a couple of broke waiters, go ahead and head on over to Patreon. Uh, get, hit the subscribe button. It's only $3 a month. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. You're just too good to be true. Uh, can't take my eyes off of you. Uh, you be like heaven to touch. Uh, I want to hold you so much. And long last love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off You look like a fucking bitch on heat